North-South Connection. It's Friday, and you know what that means. It's time for episode number 25 of You Know What That Means, the AEW podcast. I am one of your two hosts, Jordan Duncan. With me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Reich, and we have some promotions to announce. Andrew, do you want to be the one to tell everybody? Yes, there was an announcement internally within AEW that um, all that personnel has been redefined. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you saw that San. I don't know if everybody saw it, but you know, Sanjay Dutt basically has got a promotion. QT Marshall got a promotion because I guess sometimes in life you do fail upwards. Yeah, but for us. It's pretty interesting. Uh, uh, I think you have a role, but yours is kind of like multitask. Like there's uh-huh. more than one. Yep. Uh, one is imaginary scissors prop holder. Yeah. So it's something, I, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> mine, I am the Harkin backer. This is when something that I've seen before happens and I point at it like Leo DiCaprio in the meme. Yeah. And that's my job. Yeah. And then <laughs> and Tony goes, yeah, I made that. I did that on purpose. And then the other one, I am the event for coordinator for all AEW events, not in Chicago, New York, or Texas. Um, but I haven't gotten a phone call in like three months. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I don't think you, I don't think you got to worry about one anytime soon either. So. Oh, wait, well, shit. I just got a text. We're going to Canada? Whoa. I don't have a passport. That's Aaron George country. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I uh, was talking to our good friend Steve Willie, and he also got uh, a bump up in the pay scale. Uh, unfortunately, his new job at AEW is the blood collector. So after the shows, <laughs> he wipes blood, up all the blood. Blood collector. <laughs> blood collector. It's like the belt collector, but it's it's blood. So. Yeah, well, if it was the one in Minneapolis, all he had to do was take the mat and tie it up like a fucking garbage bag. <laughs> right. Gosh. So much blood. Holy cow. Literally. It looked purple. Yeah. By the end. Yep. I mean, we're Coronavirus was like, mm-mm-mm. We are coming to you after Quake by the Lake. And I think the big news coming out of that, of course, is he's finally back on AEW TV, Andrew. Or is it she? How does Sunny Kiss uh, prefer? What are Sunny Kiss's preferred pronouns? I think it's she. Yeah, I think it's she. The big like, return I, to TV I, from Quake yeah, by the Lake. Sunny Kiss the, the, is back. The big, the big heel turn at the end of Rampage. You know what's hilarious? That was their highest Rampage rating since April. I know. So maybe like, Sunny heck, Kiss is man? the top. Like, it, listen, the growing complaint from AEW fans and AEW critics is Rampage is worthless. And I don't think there's any better way to exemplify that than Quake by the Lake Dynamite ends with CM Punk return. Quake by the Lake Rampage ends with a sunny kiss heel turn. (laughs) 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 Which do you think is more compelling, Andrew? (laughs) It depends on who sunny kiss turned on. But, um... Oh, he turned on someone he was not affiliated with in any way. At all. Yeah. (laughs) Kick them where the sun don't shine. Yeah. Um. Uh, talk about Orange Cassidy and the best friends. So yeah, Sonny joined. Uh. I. I highly. Well, we might talk about him again because they're involved in other things now. But the. Uh. The Trustbusters. Yeah. From Ari. Ari Davari. Ari Davari also one of those ones that are getting some sort of backstage role as a producer slash agent for matches. Yeah. As Tony Khan is doing the reshuffling, thanks to, uh, Mr. PWI 500 Jonathan Gresham <laughs> complaining that nobody told him what the finish was going to be at the Ring of Honor show. <laughs> and I'm number 20 Jonathan Gresham himself. <laughs> <laughs> who's better than who's better than Gresham? 19 other people. <laughs> hey, you know, I actually read a report on Fightful today that Jonathan Gresham was able to ride every ride at Disney World. So 
Uh, things are getting even better for him. So you know, except for Splash Mountain because they had to redo that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, CM Punk's back. Uh, the Trustbusters are a thing. Uh, Parker Boudreaux is that his name that he's going with? Yes, Parker Boudreaux. So used Parker, to be Harland. Yeah, yeah, Harland from NXT. Parker Boudreaux is um, he looks like. Remember, like in the old wrestling video games, like you. Now they have like community creations, and like if there's a new guy who debuts, somebody will create a perfect looking copy of him. They can upload him. But in the older games, like if somebody new came along, you'd have to create him yourself. Parker Boudreau looks Parker Boudreau looks like if I tried to create Brock Lesnar, like when he <laughs> debuted on the video game, but I couldn't quite get it right. <laughs> <laughs> like you put the you put the tattoo on the wrong side when you were yeah. like your finger slip. Yeah. Um, you know the only thing I will say about Parker Boudreaux, and the reason why it was probably really easy to sign him up is that he obviously or uh, NXT 2.0 is in Orlando. Yep. You know they do the dark tapings there, which is where he debuted at first. Also, he played at UCF. The reason I remember that is I'm almost sure he played on the UCF team that played LSU in the Fiesta Bowl. Oh, and okay. I remember that game because that was when Joe Burrow threw a pick six. And do you remember this? He got, like, blasted, like, blindsided on a pick six. And the guy talked trash to him. And then Burrow, like, woke up and went lights out for the rest of the bowl game and beat UCF. And then he went on his Heisman run after that. And then he, and then Sonny Kiss turned on the Tigers and joined <laughs> The Concrete Rose. The Concrete Rose. Um, what do you think of that nickname? I actually like it. I was thinking that, like, too. I'm like, that's kind of it's a cool poetic. nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes there are certain like like sometimes the name works great, but the wrestler doesn't. Yeah. You know, like um, I always like the name Lars Sullivan. Yeah. Like when you hear that name, you're like, that sounds like a big brute guy. Yeah. Then you see the guy himself, and you're like, uh, pass. Yeah. Then you then you read about his internet history, and you're like, oh, double pass. Oh yeah, you better clear that history. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah, the the Minneapolis show was loaded. I don't. I mean, we always do two weeks of dynamite, but the the first one, the one before Minneapolis, uh, wh- where was that at? I I totally forgot already. It was so. Uh, long so that ago. was the one with Jericho and Yuta. Hmm. Was it in Ohio still? Were they still it was in Ohio? Columbus for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. Scott Criscolo's favorite town. Um, Columbus, but, Ohio. <laughs> um. It was kind of a okay show, just kind of lean. Yeah. The one in Minnesota was loaded. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're kind of joking about it, but CM Punk came back, and that's the big thing, which kind of really gives us our all-out main event, finally. Uh, obviously, the reports of him hobbling around, icing his foot at the Comic-Con was him. Red herring. Just, yeah, just him working the marks, you know? Um, <laughs> but I, I'm excited about it, not just because Punk's back, but I feel like for a few weeks now, we've been in this weird holding pattern where, like, they're not even telling stories because it's almost like everything's been on pause. So even though the TV shows have been fine, they've been really like meaningless. So hopefully now we can really kick into high gear and really push towards all out and start getting some stories. And I think it's already happening with the trios tournament announced. Now we've got the Bucks stuff. Um, you know, who's the Bucks partners? Of course, by the time this episode airs, that will have been revealed. Um, e- even money that it's Brandon Cutler. <laughs> that is the scariest thing I heard on AEW all week. Uh, it was Excalibur. They were previewing the tag match where the Young Bucks have a mystery partner against um, which one are they wrestling? Andrade Rouge? Uh, yes. Yeah, the me- the Mexican, my favorite Mexican team, Andrade yeah. Rouge and uh, Dragon Lee. Yeah. Uh, for the Dra- House of the Dragon sponsored show. So look, tie in there. Yeah. Um, 
and it's probably Kenny Omega. But the thing, but they can't say it yet, kayfabe. So Excalibur said on Rampage, all signs point to Brandon Cutler. All signs point to Brandon <laughs> Cutler. I mean, it's kind of a cool story that the Bucks have been basically douches to so many people that they can't get a friend. You know, mm-hmm. which has kind of been Wardlow's story for a long time too. Like that's why Wardlow would get jumped by everybody because he was MJF's douchebag assistant, so nobody wanted to help him. So yeah, and know. I like the link between that and the previous storyline of the the long arcing storyline involving the Bucks and Hangman and yep. Lee. It's like a continuation of it in a very small droplet that they can go back into later. Um, because like it just shows that as as we've always talked about with Hangman that his 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 overarching his overarching story I said arcing story wow um, is that Hangman always kind of the the drive the the drive of all of his um, of of everything he does as a character involves his emotions yeah and how he's able to overcome and when he uh, has to make moral choices yeah moral choices and overcoming his own obstacles as a as a person yeah and the thing for the Bucks that I thought was cool about that segment was that it showed the difference between loyalty and trustworthiness yeah. And that, you know, there is some loyalty there. That's why he helped out. Oh, by the way, Adam Cole turned on the Bucks. And when he, when he, <laughs> oh, yeah. when he bit, when the undisputed uh, elite uh, exploded, uh, Hangman had enough loyalty to, like, go back to the Bucks and say, I'm, I'll, I'll spot you here. But when the Bucks went back to him and said, hey, can you be our trios partner for this World Trios tournament? Um, he he wasn't he didn't trust him enough. Yeah. So he's like, now nah, pass. Yeah. So I mean, in episode twenty four, we kind of were like, uh, all out is very vague right now. I think now two weeks later, we've got a pretty good, not a lot of official matches, but I think we, we've got a pretty we good idea. We wish that the show before we had a better idea, but it, like you said, yeah, it was just this little bit of a drawing out because I think they wanted to like marinate on some things involving Danielson and Jericho and and yeah. and Cole with this injury issue, and then Punk. Yeah. And now that we're out of this destination event, Quake by the Lake, um, now we can move on to all right. right. And now we have a real – I can't say – I have some rumored matches on the bottom, but like – Yeah, let's stay it, on the six-man tournament for a sec, though. Yeah, right. Because um, uh, the question I have for you is, you know, when that got announced, uh, and, along with the timing of Kenny returning, I said – I think I said on the show, Kenny and the Bucks against Cole and Red Dragon is the finals. But – the brackets have been revealed, and Cole and Red Dragon are nowhere to be found. Do we think that they are not going to be in the tournament, or do we think that they kind of do a Kofi Kingston at the Elimination Chamber? Who was it that one year where they just threw Kofi to the ground and took his spot? Uh, are they going to do that to the Trustbusters? Uh, is Cole I'm and Red really Dragon going to be in this tournament? What do you think? Um, so this is going to be my—I'll just call my shot. They're also promoting Grand Slam, which is going to be a big show okay. in Queens again. I think Cole and Red Dragon go after him then because Cole will be cleared by then. Okay. I think there's legitimate concern that Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, in terms of they, – they were they did take part in Still the segment. Still up, yeah. But if you watched, no physical activity. Yeah. Just if you watched Cole very gave carefully. a super kick but didn't take anything. Yeah, the only time you'll ever see a segment where Bobby Fish does all the dirty work. Right. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like – I think they're not cleared yet. Okay. I don't think that, that Cole's shoulder is all 100%. I'm not sure what Kyle O'Reilly's issue is, to be honest. I, yeah. I had to dig deep. Well, I don't think he's but, wrestled since the Moxley match, where he won the Battle Royal and then faced Moxley. Yeah, that, that great last, match where yeah. we did the live Dynamite episode. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay, so then uh, I guess my follow-up question is, uh, do we see Bucks and Kenny against the Dark Order? Is that the finals that we're thinking? Oh, you think Kenny Omega is the mystery partner? 
I mean, it's either Kenny Omega or uh, another shocking WWE cast-off debut, and Braun Strowman's finally all elite. That's <laughs> <laughs> the narrative has officially been controlled. Yeah. But, um, uh, but um, I would love – here's the thing, too. They have had these different ways – we're going to know more, obviously, once we get to – I mean, once this episode drops, people will – I think they'll know. Yeah. Uh, but I think that it'll be that uh, Kenny and the Bucks when they beat um, Los Ignorables. Did I say that Ignorables or is it <laughs> Inger? Uh, the Inger. Did Noble. I just call them? Did I just call them ignorant in Spanish? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. <laughs> Los Ignorables. <laughs> I think it's Inger Nobles. I'll, I'll just call my favorite name Andrade Rouge. Yeah. Um. Andrade Rouge, uh, when they beat them, I wish it would be the Death Triangle against them. That yeah, would be a banger. But I don't think I don't know be. if it's going to happen. It could be Aussie Open and Will Ospreay. Yeah, I mean, you know. yeah, there's a Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay thing there, you know, that you could. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could even do the, Maybe Death Triangle wins and Will Ospreay in, in Aussie Open is the Grand Slam thing. And then uh, Cole and the Red Dragon is even farther down the road. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't see. I I mean I could see Hangman, I could see Hangman trying to jump in if someone gets put out within the Dark Order. So and see, that that's helps. what I think might. That's happen. when it gets a little fishy. Yeah, right? what I think might happen is Dark Order beats. I mean, they're up against House of Black, so on paper it looks like House of Black wins that. But Correct. story, trying to tell the story, and again, this is one of my predictions that's already happened by the time the show comes out. Uh, I think Miro gets involved. Dark Order scores a win. But maybe one of them is so beat up that they can't continue in the tournament, mm-hmm. and Hangman has to step in as a replacement. You know, um, it's possible. Yeah, because they said Miro, they said then, last week Miro, that he wasn't and in Miro the tournament. Cost black, right? Yeah, he's already said I'm not wrestling. I'm just I'm just helping. I'm just supporting these guys. Um, but I, I think that just Dark Order with Hangman in the corner isn't really as effective as a story as Hangman getting in the ring. Against Kenny yeah. and the Bucks, unless there's something going on that's um, that we haven't even seen hinted yet, where there's dissension between the Dark or mistrust between the Dark Order and Hangman. Yeah, or but I, we, I don't think we're at that point yet with the story. Or there could even be mistrust between Kenny and the Bucks. This is where listen, people say AW doesn't tell stories. That's bullcrap. Stop it. That's a yes. complaint of somebody who doesn't watch a show. Because the last time we saw Kenny Omega, where he basically said, Bucks, you guys run the thing, he said, I haven't watched the match back yet when he lost the title. Uh, which So he never saw that the Bucks could have helped him retain and basically looked at Hangman Page and gave him the okay to beat him. Right. Uh, that was the last time we saw Kenny Omega. So I don't know if they'll address that, um, but but they might, you know, so... Yeah. And then the last one is obviously the the main event of the first round, and yeah. that's Orange Cassidy and the best friend the versus trust the Trustbusters yeah. on Rampage. Yeah. So which <laughs> which Trustbusters will even be in there? I mean, Parker Boudreaux will be in there. I guess Sonny Kiss now. Um, no, I don't think so. Unless no. Slim J is like not available, I don't know. I, what do you think? Is have you ever seen Slim J before? Ever? I I read that he was on NXT like 2.0, but okay. I okay, I don't. I don't even know. He just doesn't look familiar to me. Apparently, and maybe I'm confusing with somebody else. Apparently, NXT 2.0 has like a like a Godfather, like not like not WWE Godfather, but like Marlon Brando Godfather. Oh yeah, that's Tony. Oh, you're you're thinking of Cole Carter. 
right? Oh, okay, or that's that... who that is? Okay, then I'm totally, I... yeah. Then no, I've never Maybe. seen this guy before, or even know who he is. Cole Carter is the one who wrestled Ricky Starks, and he did a 450 and landed on his face. I knew he was an NXT guy, yeah. too. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, like, he's young and talented, but God, when he does that 450, it looks scary. Okay. <laughs> yeah, then... But, um... I might be wrong though. It might be Slim J who was part of it. You could be correct about Maybe that. Maybe he's the the son of uh, JC Ice and Wolfie D, PG thirteen. You know. So who do you think gave Ari Davari that kayfabe trust? Was it the same one that gave Diamond Dallas Page all the money that got him his push? Yeah, I mean it's it's got to be. So like I thought trusts were established by family members. So. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the benefactor is. Uh, oh, maybe it's Sean because Sean works in WWE. Yeah, Sean Davari. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Sean is funneling the WWE money. <laughs> <laughs> did we just figure out wait, who wait, all hold the... on. Andrew, hold on. did the we quarterly, just figure... the, the quarterly call has been delayed for WWE. They have to take to account all the misdirected money by Sean Davari for the trust busters. No, no I think all I think we we've stumbled upon the solution. I think all those NDAs that Vince had, we assumed it was a female roster member. It was Sean Davari all this time that Vince had an NDA with. I'm not touching that. But <laughs> well, that's what a lot of people said too. Um I I can see the Trustbusters winning and like Orange Cassidy gets screwed and that leads to some sort of Trustbusters versus best friends all yeah. out yeah. thingy. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean Possibly. neither of these guys are in the finals though. You know, somebody's gonna win that match, but neither's in the finals. Yeah, Orange Cassidy's uh had some nice um showcases lately. Um he had a good one with Jay Lethal I saw. Yeah. That was impressive. That, that was, was really good. Up. That was just a brief win to heat up Jay Lethal for Battle of the Belts against yep. Wardlow, which was just okay. Um, I thought that Battle of the Belts, in terms of like the quality of work, Claudio and Takeshi. Oh, best one yet, God. for sure. Yeah. Like we've we've been down on the Battle of the Belts. Like the first two were such missable shows. Yes. Uh, to the point that I didn't watch Battle of the Belts three live, but then on word of mouth, I'm like, okay, sounds like I gotta watch this Takeshi Claudio match. Which, duh. You know, but it was even better than I thought it would have been. God, it hit so hard. I mean, it, it was just one of those ones where, like, you're watching and you're just like, God, I wish they could wrestle another 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's almost it, a bummer. It went with 20 minutes. Yeah, it's almost a bummer that, you know, Takeshita is basically headed back to uh, Japan. Like, he announced on Twitter, like, I'm, I'm leaving America now um, because I, the fans really dig the guy. Like, I think he'll he's be back for the AEW audience. He, and... he will be back. And I promise you this, Stanford's going to call, too. Yeah. Like, this is similar to Osprey, where you got it, like, you had said that after Forbidden Door. Like, you got to get your hands on this dude. Yeah. Like, before they do. Well, That's true. Even that, I mean, and New Japan might try a call, because he's not a New Japan guy. People think Japan, New Japan guy. He's from DDT. He's not a New Japan wrestler. Yeah. So. I saw a side-by-side clip. He's very much influenced by El Generico slash Sami Zayn. Mm. Very much so. Okay, yeah, that like, makes sense. Like the Blue Thunder Bomb and the, the, the instead of the, the kicks, kicks, it's more of a yeah. knee and stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes the, sense. The, the sideways, uh, the the sideways planches. Like he's just really unconventional. He looks unconventional, but he's also chiseled and tall. So yeah. like he can do a lot of stuff. Yeah, strongman stuff. Pick up Claudio. Claudio, obviously strong as hell and so yeah. they they just really had a knockdown drag out yeah it was awesome it was really really yep. great the, um, the, the reading was horrifically bad though i mean no surprise there i mean AEW doesn't even hype these shows like they, they talk don't. about them but they don't really put any reason to watch like i think you were on to something on the last show when you said i think they're just trying to get rid of tv requirements yeah and i think or tv um 
what's the word I'm like contractual to... like good contractual yeah. obligations yeah. i think that's all it was i think they're just trying to knock it out because not even before battle of the belts 3 aired they had already announced that they were going to do battle of the belts 4 in october in washington dc <sighs> which is the one year anniversary show so like they already are trying to knock it out of like get it out of the way on tnt because obviously tbs is where the big rating is because that's where dynamite is now so you know what battle of the belts should do Remember the old In Your House pay-per-views? Like, obviously, the show was called In Your House, but they had, like, subtitled names, like In Your House, yes. better, Good Friends, Better Enemies. Battle of the Belts should games. have one, names like that. And I think it should be, like, Battle of the Belts for Insurrection, since they're at, w- <laughs> since they're at Washington, D.C. You know you know, used to do that all the time? Uh, ECW did. Oh, yeah. Like, Border City Showdown, or Hostile City Showdown, and yeah. the next one would be called, like, the uh, massacre at 34th Street, which yeah. I don't think would work well now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could call a show in New York massacre on 34th Street anymore. No, definitely but, um, not. And you don't want AEW to do that because somebody will bleed to death in that show. Yeah, but to just focus on Grand Rapids because they were live pal for Rampage. Mm-hmm. Like some interesting stuff. Uh, we talked about Takesha for the Battle of the Bell show. Also Battle of the Bells, Thunder Rose and Jamie Hayter had a nice little match. Yeah, and the crowd was into Jamie Hayter, man. Yeah. Like, they liked her. It's not that they turn on Thunder Rosa, but I think that, like, AEW loyals, because, you know, people who are watching that, people who are at that show, those are loyal AEW fans. Um, I think that there's some women that are not getting the recognition that they, they deserve, and the fans know that. I'm talking Jamie Hayter, uh, Chris Statlander for sure. Um, I think those two more than anybody. And then I think even, like, Willow, um, those are... The, the three women that come to mind that like I think the fans want to see more of them and we're just not getting it and I don't really know, you know why. what you know what's getting over the fucking hip attack by Tony Storm yep yep we're like pro- she now winds it up they know it's coming <clears throat> yeah because like, like we've talked about before on the show that's why we as we know Tony Khan listens to the show mm-hmm. that when Hi, Tony she, <laughs> when she hits it she hits it like a ton of bricks yeah like um, and the, I'll tell you well, another reason why Tony listens to the show, because you had made compliments in your last visit of your first Dynamite of Satnam Singh. Well, lo and behold, out comes Satnam Singh and Grand Rapids to beat down Wardlow. Yes, I regret everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, um, I, and I didn't want to throw this one away either, the Rampage show. Uh, you know, Mance Warner showed up from GCW and he lost to John Moxley. Good old Mancer. Oh, dude, I have never heard a man say "fight" and turn into a four-syllable word. <laughs> so I want to fight. I'm a 42-year-old man that goes on TikTok every day. Um, That's okay. So I've got my own problems, but uh, wrestle talk is is a thing. You know, there's a, a little community of you know content creators on TikTok that make wrestling videos, and there's one wrestle talk video that kind of blew up and it even spilled over into twitter and it was a guy taking AEW to test so i'd like your thoughts on this because i don't think you saw the video and basically he's no. like who in the he goes this is my biggest problem with AEW. who in the blue hell is mance warner and why should i care about him and he's basically saying like uh criticizing AEW for putting on this match warner against moxley without establishing warner as a character uh, without seeing the video, like, what are your thoughts on that process? Like, do you think that's a legitimate gripe or – because I, I could see both sides of the coin. I could see why that's yeah. a problem. But my my thoughts are essentially, well, they're hyping Moxley. Like, they want you to tune in because the champion's on. So who he fights is sort of irrelevant. But Yeah, this kind of goes back <clears throat> to the talk that we've always had about WWE 
um, and we don't need to really focus too much on that, about how they were, they've always been very heavily, they heavily lean on backstories slash packages to, like, catch you up on what's going on, which can help you, because sometimes it's not necessarily that the stories in WWE are nuanced. In fact, I think one of the biggest complaints from fans is that they're not nuanced enough. Right. They just kind of abandon stories the moment they can. But those packages do help you catch up on what's up. Like, I don't have to watch the previous show to know what happened last week. With AEW, we have griped about this, that there are days where, even for me as a hardcore AEW fan, I feel lost. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm like... I don't know who half I don't know who that guy is. You know, and I'm pretty sure there are people who saw the Trustbusters on Rampage who don't watch Dark. And right. they're like, who the hell is that? Right. You know, and maybe that's the surprise factor to throw people out at you like a Mance Warner, like a Takeshita, and they if they do something super impressive, then you've gained a fan. But what if you don't gain a fan and you get somebody who's on TikTok who puts you on blast? You right. know, because and Eric Bischoff has a favorite saying he likes to say on his podcast, and it is true. Context is king. So sometimes <clears throat> you need backstory. AEW has such a loaded roster in terms of quantity and quality that it's really hard to fit them all. And oh, uh, backstory definitely. just gets lost. It just gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I think that that's a valid concern if you're an AEW fan like that too many things happen without a lot of context and explanation. My rebuttal to that video essentially was that the guy didn't clearly doesn't watch AEW because while it wasn't much, the dynamite before that rampage, they did show Mance Warner winning the battle Royal at Ric Flair's last match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they gave him a promo before the match on rampage. Um, so they did. that's like me. That's like me who hasn't watched the, If I haven't watched a TV show or a movie in like five years and I go on, TikTok and I go, who the hell is Zendaya? Yeah. I've yeah, never right. heard of this girl. Right. You mean like, the one on the Disney Channel? You told me she's a superstar? Give me a break. Uh, yeah, she is. She's a huge fucking superstar. Right. Time like, changed, my man. There's, there's you know? plenty of things in AEW that are worth criticizing. But the Mance Warner one might be yeah. legit because he's not that. He's not that. Sure. You know, CM Punk and John Moxley squaring off, that'll get you two and a half million views on YouTube. Right. You know, that'll get it. That'll move the needle pun intended i also think like as a fan of independent wrestling i think it's a good thing like mance warner got to wrestle a match on tnt in front of i mean it's a not the best number but what was it 400 500 people like and he bled too yeah right no so like a half million people saw mance warner on tv you have to imagine a lot of them have never seen mance warner before so, and talking about also on that rampage, lesser known guys getting shined. Josh Woods impressed me in that tag match, mm. uh, the Friday night street fight against Swerve in our glory. Yeah. The bit, the craziest move I saw in the last two weeks. Josh Woods gave <clears throat> Keith Lee a German suplex from the apron to two tables. Like, holy crap. Like, I couldn't believe Keith Lee took that move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Swerve in our glory is another uh, interesting conversation we'll get to. He's like Matt Riddle if he was a little more beefed up and not as athletic. Yeah. That's what Josh Woods reminds me of. And uh, of sound mind most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, gosh, Andrew, we are 30 minutes into the episode. We haven't even talked about CM Punk for more than a second. Uh, No, not really. CM Punk's back. (laughs) The champ is here. Yeah. And the champ is there. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, man, I... One of my biggest gripes with wrestling fans is when they make a complaint that doesn't make sense. Like we just talked about it a couple minutes ago. People say that AEW doesn't tell stories. I'm like, 
I think the issue is that AEW doesn't hit people over the head with their points. I think this story has been being told all along. Uh, JR stressing that Moxley's the interim champion. He's the interim champion. And Moxley muttering in every promo, I'm not interim. I hate that word. I hate that word. Moxley believes I'm the champ. I haven't left. I've been fighting. Punk's right. back to say, I'm back. Where's my belt? And Moxley gives him the finger and says, F you. I'm the champ. He's, you gotta take this it from is me. an exact quote from Moxley on one of the Dynamites. I do it every night. No days yep. off. That's yep. why I'm best at this. This is my life. When you step in the ring with me, this is not a game. And he wasn't playing games when CM Punk show up. They didn't buddy up and raise hands and do the mega power handshake. Yep. He gave him a middle fucking finger. Yep. You like, know? Hey, glad you're back. But uh, you want this belt? You're going to have to... Pride out of my cold dead hands. And that jazzed me. That gave me the chill bumps. Yeah. I will say. To the worked. point where if All Out was not in Chicago, I would think that the crowd would probably get behind Moxley at All Out. But because it's Chicago, I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> I do like I do like when they did the rock I call it the Rock Hogan thing. Yeah. Where um stare down and the, look both sides. Yes, yeah. 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 They yeah. did it. I mean, Dwayne and Hulk did it so great. Yeah. But um they kinda do it. And John, if you look closely um, Punk is drinking it in, man. But Moxley is like, ah, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. He's so in the mode. And also, um, we're kind of. I know we're burying some leads here. Sure. Mox, I cannot stress this enough because I know Claudio and Takeshita had a great one. I really enjoyed that Friday Night Street Fight tag titles match. Moxley and Jericho had a masterpiece of a main event in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jericho was man. Like, I know that people kind of have written Jericho off as, like, a top-level worker anymore. Not that night. Not that night, and maybe when the bell rings, he struggles, but in every other aspect, he's still elite, man. Like, just mm-hmm. the, the the Lionheart Chris Jericho came back with the vests and the pads and the colors and the music. Like shaved it was, head. He came out to White or Zombie, not which... Shaved head, I'm sorry. Yeah. He might have to shave his head soon, but... Um, <laughs> Shave, shave beer. Shave yeah. his uh, five o'clock. But he came out to White Zombie, which I'm pretty sh- 99% sure is his ECW theme. We, we were hoping for the WCW Even Flow Pearl Jam knockoff, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll take what we can get. <laughs> I mean, they had they had some great they had some great stuff in there. I know I know some people didn't like the fact that Moxley was in the walls of Jericho for the commercial break when it could have been the finish, but the fact that they went to picture in picture gave it away that it probably wasn't. But I what I loved about it is that. The entire picture-in-picture, he was in the wall. Yeah, and it gave you a reason to pay attention during picture-in-picture, which how many times have I said picture-in-picture is worthless, Uh, you know? Rips his earring out and doesn't do the phony thing where he blades his forehead after ripping your earring, which is like, no. Yeah. He actually cut his ear. Dude, that was so (laughs) gross, man. So I mean, (laughs) just unbelievable. And then Jericho blades off of, I think it was an old-school, like, uh, exposed turnbuckle thingy. Yeah. Um... Unless I'm unless I missed something so else. Do you think that was Do you think that was needed? Um, because that was no, I real think that close was to just, the finish of the match. I think like. that was just like an old school trope that they just wanted to throw in there because they knew they weren't. You know, I made the bold prediction. I said this is going to be better than a Revolution 2020 main event match. I was I I'll just pat myself on the back. I think I was right. Yeah. I think this was better than that one. It was really good. Uh, it was great. And then Punk popped it all off when he comes in to save the day. Look great. Looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin just raising hell and kicking ass. And yep. then we had that stare down to finish it off. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we haven't uh, heard from Punk, of course, 
Perfect time, as always. We are a show that tapes on Tuesday, drops on Friday. There is a dark dynamite. That's the word I go with. That uh, was dark dynamite uh, for us. You know, uh, it's a dynamite that we haven't seen, but our listeners have probably seen by the time this show comes out. Well, the Trustbusters might be on it, so it will be a dark dynamite. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, I'm sure Punk will have addressed some things and uh, will be pretty set. Uh, but also on this uh, dark dynamite that we will not be able to talk about just yet. Two out of three falls, Brian Danielson versus uh, Daniel Garcia. Uh, the show is called it's being promoted with House of the Dragon. I love Daniel Garcia calling himself the Dragon Slayer, by the way. Yeah. So Well, cool. they're they're both Daniels, so like how yeah. about we do House of the Daniels? Yeah. <laughs> Any Daniel, other Daniels we can put in the Daniel rest? Stern, uh <laughs> Danny Daniel Pewter. <laughs> Daniel Pewter. Da- uh, is it Daniel Stern from Home Alone? He could come in, Marv of the Wet Bandits, he could do it. <laughs> I almost thought you said David Stern. Uh, Daniel, but, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis. Well, he is retired now. Maybe right. he can do so a maybe return Tony match. Book him. Who knows? That would be the ultimate method acting thing. Right. It's Brian Danielson takes his mask off and it's fucking Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> it was me all along. <laughs> Give me my Oscar now. <laughs> um. Yeah, the first one we already talked about on the last episode was fantastic. Yeah, um, had stuff. some shenanigans. Uh, I can see shenanigans again on this one. I can actually see Garcia winning again. I could too. Um, I could I'll go too. no. I'll go with Danielson, and then it goes to a Jericho-Danielson feud. That's what I was just going to say. I don't that's, think that's this my leads guess. to Garcia-Danielson at all out. I think it actually maybe puts We could be wrong. Part. Yeah. Yeah, we could be wrong. And I think it's a perfect case of – Garcia won the first match. It's it's a lot like the MJF story. Gar- MJF won the first match. The established guy wins the next one. And because he won the first one, the younger guy comes out looking stronger. Like, MJF was elevated from that punk feud. Daniel Garcia can be elevated from this Danielson feud. Um, mm-hmm. it, two out of three falls is interesting because it's a dynamite. It's only two hours. So Have you liked Daniel Garcia's promos? Yes. I think he's, I think he's awesome. I thought uh, the one where they were in the ring was very good. Yeah, I think he does really good. Like he's a guy that I was actually thinking about this today. I was driving to the post office and I was thinking about uh, maybe some discussion because you and I, another spoiler, are going to be appearing on episode 200 of Pace to Be Nation's main event, uh, where you what? and I really, yeah, where we really started this all. <laughs> <I'm not booked. laughs> uh, but we're going to have to talk about stuff outside of AEW, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, I actually think a problem with professional wrestling today is there's too many guys who's gimmick is i'm a wrestler you know what i mean yep. like i just saw a segment between drew mcintyre and kevin owens we're wrestlers let's wrestle <laughs> right but you know what i mean it, like, it almost it, reminds me of the old trope of like drama teachers acting this is acting yes like, yeah and i think know. that's almost a problem in wrestling today there's so many guys who are like i'm a wrestler that's what i do i wrestle and that's cool but there's a ton of good wrestlers that there's a reason why dan Housen, the crowd erupts for him, and it's not because he's a wrestler, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Um, da- Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia, to me, had, in my opinion, had the best segment on the rampage that just passed in, in Quake by the Lake. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a wrestling match. Right. It was a promo. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was getting pace. to, is that Garcia, I think, is typecast as that I'm a wrestler, and he's shining in his promo work. like the, As a technical sports entertainer. Yeah, the, <laughs> and, and with a great... Uh, with a great Kangol hat that he wears, like Shane McMahon. I know, that's so weird. Too. But you can see, from a kayfabe perspective, the teetering. Mm-hmm. Where it's almost the same game that Danielson mentally played with Moxley. Yep. Where he was luring him in yep. to, not the dark side, 
but the Blackpool Combat Club side. Right. Where it's like, you know, the right way basically, to do business. Like, yeah. You can be you can be the best technical rest best tactical sports entertainer on the planet, or you can be the best wrestler. And I like and you, you can said, see that Garcia thinking repetitive. about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that does sound repetitive. But, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of the best relationships are forged in combat or they're um you know, they're they're baked in blood. So yeah. like I I mean maybe do you think we'll see I mean, God, we saw so much blood this last couple of weeks. Like, I mean, more. I mean, Game of Thrones had a lot of blood in it. I mean, House of the Dragon. Just because AEW, yes, I don't think this is really a, a match that needs to tell a blood story, though. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this is a match where they can grapple. Uh, my yeah. big question is, since it's a two-hour dynamite and it's two out of three falls, does this take up? 40 minutes 45 minutes like right now there's only four matches but the other two are weak sauce yeah. and i think that was on purpose in fact i'm pretty sure tony storm and kylan king was announced like the week before and i think that was a giveaway that the big pillars no pun intended yeah. of that show start strong finish strong like we always say that's a tony conism yeah so young young bucks in the mystery partner against andrade rouge yep and and then danielson garcia uh, probably as the main event and then maybe like punk at the top of the hour. Yeah, Gun Club and Varsity Blondes, but yeah. uh, by the way, uh Daddy Daddy Billy is sort of not happy with them. Yeah, he's he's on the acclaimed bandwagon just like me, man. He's yeah. like I like us better when we were with the acclaimed. <laughs> so, so Stokely Hathaway. Do you yeah. want to get into this with the factions? Like where the factory and the Yeah, I mean we've the got the Batty section we've and the, the Trustbusters. The Trustbusters. It's like you see, you see, Jordan, NIL has fucking ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> but does Stokely's crew have a name? Like, obviously, the baddies are like Jade's crew, and he's yes, kind of linked bad. with them. But like, or is his team whole bad. crew? Well, you can't call him Team Bad. Remember that was the clan. That was the 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 stable that was Sasha Banks and Naomi and Tamina. Yeah. yeah. So you can't call him Team Bad. What was Unless the... Sasha and Naomi show up at AEW. <laughs> well, could they call him like Team PMS or something? Is that the crew that again Sean Stasiak is their is their boy toy? <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess they don't have an official name, but I do love this like metaphor. Because I, I'm, I, I listen. We we like characteristics. We like like the we like the kind of the absurdness of pro wrestling as characters, like sitcoms and dramas and cartoons. The dreaded business card. Yeah. Like. I like that. Yep. Yep. I'm interested in what's on those business cards. We need to get an overhead camera angle so we can see the card in all its glory. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, what do you – listen. So all ego Ethan Page cuts a promo. Yeah. He kind of he kind of semi-shoots. Yep. And then Stokely shows up, gives him – he whispers in his ear, and he just immediately sides with him. What do you think he told him? So listen, I watch Ethan Page's YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And he does a lot of toy hunting, so I think he probably found like some mint in the package Star Wars toys. <laughs> he's like, you know what I think he told him? He says, "I got you booked for a tractor match against Brock Lesnar." <laughs> <laughs> Battle of the tractors. <laughs> he's like, I can I can change your name because there's pages and cages all over this company. <laughs> I still yep. think that we should have a, a stable of Ethan Page, Hangman Page, Christian Cage, and Brian Cage. <laughs> and Cage. <laughs> I, think I think it's a wasted opportunity to not have and the, uh, and, the, and the special referee is Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. And in a weird twist, every once in a while, Nick Cage will show up. <laughs> <laughs> I um I saw some I saw some scuttlebutt 
Um, and I think this is for the betterment of this man as a human being that John Moxley might be finishing up at GCW and drop the belt to Nick Gage. Okay. Yeah, because he had a big match with Effie, which that drew some uh, Twitter uh, disputes, uh, Twitter fire, because in his match with Effie, uh, there was a big spot where they just kissed each other on the mouth for about 15 seconds. And uh, this will shock you, Andrew, but there's a lot of wrestling fans that are homophobic. <laughs> I know it's surprising to hear, but... Get out of town! Yeah, I know. <laughs> Believe, which now is... I know why they hated that sunny kiss segment. Yeah, it's, but... it's kind of funny if you think about it. Like, that wrestling fans are like, oh, that's gay! You guys should just oil up and roll around with each other some more. Stop kissing! <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, um, the, the last 30 years called, they want their content back. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, Moxley beat Effie, uh, in a match and then, uh, Nick Gage came out and they said, you know, I, I don't want to, you know what? I want to say one more thing. Okay. When we were kids and we were watching squiggly line scramble vision and all you saw was brief glimpses of two people with their shirts off rolling around. Did your mom ever ask questions? <laughs> no, I, no. Cause I was smart enough to know, like, I, I watched in the basement. My mom never would have walked in on me. Oh, well, you watched in the basement? That's worse. <laughs> here's a here's a question I'm wondering though, because you said call back to when we were kids. So, like in 2022, the world champion went to an independent show and kissed his opponent. In 1987, who would Hulk Hogan would have who would Hulk Hogan have kissed if he was defending the belt? Oh, Macho, <laughs> yeah. Macho. He actually said in an interview with Steve Austin, if I ever could have married a man, it would have been Randy. Oh, wow. He actually said that. Okay. Now, maybe – now, listen. Hulk Hogan and falsehoods is like Donald Trump and golden showers. You can't tell one story without the other. <laughs> but, you know, like one goes with the other forever. They're forever linked. So yeah. maybe maybe Hulk Hogan was lying. I don't know. Yeah. But no, who, who, would he, who would he have uh, done such a thing with on the territory era? I don't, um, who was the who was that famous British guy who was like super flamboyant? Um, gosh, I forget it. Street? George? Oh, Adrian Adonis. Adrian Street. <laughs> oh, Adrian Street. Yeah. 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 Adrian Street would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and Adrian Adonis. Adonis would have done it. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, interesting to think about. But uh, what were we even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, we oh, Nick about Gage and all that joining stuff the Page Cage Gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, well, the fact that GCW is they're they're having their moment. Mm. Like they're they're probably the top non AEW WWE promotion. It, even though their turnout is just kind of middling, it's better than Impact. Yeah, because I mean that. they have a turnout. Like they tour GCW tours and goes places. Like Impact basically is a TV show. You know, like yeah, Conrad might jump in. Yeah, they, he trademarked Southwest Championship Wrestling. Really? Okay. Yes. You can wrestle on airplanes? <laughs> <laughs> that should be the first show. It should be called Unruly Passage. Flight from Hell 2. <laughs> Unruly <Rick>. Passage. <laughs> Flight, from, Flight from Hell 2. Ric Flair's out of retirement already. He said he claimed he passed out twice in the match. I know. I, what I watched the, the match heck, and I said, man. no, I saw him pass out about five times. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Twice that he remembers. <laughs> <laughs> What you think of the cover of the new Fight Forever video game? Mm, I think it's a little generic, to be honest. Do you think it's bad that no one at AEW knew who was on the cover? Ah, I didn't hear that. Is that true? Yeah, mixed signals. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, debut on camera, Pat Buck. 
who had worked yeah. forever at NXT and PC, yeah. but he joined AEW after the cuts. Yeah, Luchasaurus the, headbutted him in a fit of rage. And they actually, and, I, and the only reason I even bring this up is because Excalibur said his name, like, like he mentioned, he said his name. Yeah, they said his name like it was a big deal. Like, oh my gosh, you touched Pat Buck. <laughs> That's the old. He's one Buck. of those guys like Robbie Brookside, and we we talked before about Mike Quackenbush, where it's mm-hmm. like they're probably good wrestlers, but nobody knows them as wrestlers. They know them as like gurus. Yeah. You know, well, I think we're uh, Tony, point Tony Schiavone like, is like the new Burgess Meredith to Rocky Balboa. I think Tony we're Khan. at a point where like younger fans probably view Dean Malenko that way. You know, like uh, we remember Dean Malenko in the ring. But if you're like in your 20s and you're watching AEW, you don't know the man of a thousand holes. Right. Yeah. You just, yeah. You know him as the guy that always hits the ring. Like, is that kind of weird to think about? Like for us, we grew up in the Attitude Era. Like Patterson and Briscoe were like stooges to us. Like, I don't really remember them as wrestlers. Like no, now, but, the people that we grew up watching wrestling are the suits to the younger generation of fans. You know, I do, I do want to retcon one thing, and maybe we can discuss this further on the the other show we do. But I did want to throw this out there if I never said it. Okay, this whole Vince thing that's been just talk. I mean, we, it's been brewing over the last few weeks. So everybody's been sort of hearkening back about um, who is the who choose Don Mount Rushmore. Who's the true genius? Who made WWE? I think Pat Patterson was the true genius of the WWF. Yeah, I, I agree. I really, uh, I really truly believe that when he, I mean, he died, he died long after he was involved in the company and it was, and the company was successful from a revenue perspective. But Pat was the godfather. Pat I mean, Pat's like it. the mind behind really the King of the Ring the tournament. The Royal which, fucking Rumble. The Royal yes. Rumbles. Uh, and not just the concept, but like the stories within the Rumble matches himself. Like he laid out like the most famous Rumbles we've ever watched. You and know, the like, patience, the patience of booking the shows. Yeah. Like, he just knew how to hit the timing right. Tony Khan, like, I think he said in interviews before, I, you know, you can you can besmirch this and that, but I know how to book pay-per-views. Like, yeah. do you feel good about All Out right now? Yeah, I do. Because um, we, like I said, uh, last episode, we were, we were basically saying the card wasn't there. I don't think we were panicking or anything, but, you know, four weeks from your biggest show, you don't have stuff, but it is because it's like, will Punk be back? Will this guy be back? Now that people are here, I think we could come up with eight matches right now in discussion that we think pretty be much. All I out. think those women's matches are set in stone now. Thanks. Yep. Well, not thanks to it's unfortunate, but Chris the injury. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see Jade against yeah. Jade against Athena, um, Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Punk Moxley, obviously for the title. Uh, the question I would have is maybe who do FTR challenge for the tag belts? And so is FTR against Swerve? And and Keith yeah, Lee, I think so. And if that's revealed, it'll be after Rampage or maybe post match yeah. Rampage because Swerve and Our Glory's wrestling private party. Yeah, there's not really a story to that yet. So I mean, but mm. it could happen. Uh, we'll have the trios finals. Um, I think I still contend we will have uh, Miro against Malachi Black. If not a six man with Miro Sting and Darby. Can you do an impersonation of Miro when Julia Hart touched his shoulder and one of Only one only one woman can touch me. <laughs> and, that was a, I, no, and I'm not laughing at it I, because of that. I just thought it was really good classic character promos. It was, yeah. His yeah. promos are so interesting. Yeah, maybe but, I'm watching a lot of eighties WWF, but yeah. like in and, and NWA. I kinda like it.
when it kicks it back. It's like, yeah, this is kind of weird and funny. And like, yeah. like when Undertaker used to like nail the coffin, and Paul Bearer was like talking about Kamala. I like that shit sometimes. These are the like, words so when of I, the Redeemer. Yeah, I like that Redeemer Julia Hart segment. People are like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like it's wrestling. It's not supposed to make sense. <laughs> right. I mean, like of course wrestling doesn't make sense. You really think Miro shows up at the arena and sits in a dark room every week? Like come on. Yeah. <laughs> you, but, know? you know, this is the embattled nature of Rampage as a as a viable product. Like you got Swerve and Argo in private party. That'll probably be fun. You also have Hook versus a guy from the fucking Jersey Shore. Yeah, is you that know? who that guy's from? Like he came exactly. out and was like I'm a reality from star, the Jersey I'm like Jersey Shore reunion show. I right. That seems He weird. did wrestle before. He has wrestled before. Um, I I don't remember. Who's the... J-Wow? Was that her name? J-Wow? You'd have to ask Justin. I'm not a Jersey okay, Shore It's guy. the one... It, it's it's the other trampy girl that wasn't Snooky. But okay. she was ringside one time for one of the Dark Elevation shows when Zach Clayton won a match. <laughs> the and trampy he, one that's not Snooky. <laughs> <laughs> that's her name, right? Um, <laughs> Listen, I think you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel for star power when it's like, hey, who's on AEW? Well, it's the one that's not Snooky. <laughs> you know, for the unification buildup, I do like one thing that I noticed, and I think it was on purpose, and we're going to see it on the Dark Dynamite. I think CM Punk did not bring his championship belt on purpose. Yeah, that's cool. I think he did that as almost like a self-punishment for being injured and saying, you know what, John, if you think you're the champ, you are. But I'm still going to beat you. See, I think it's because they just ran out of belts. They finally ran out. (laughs) (laughs) They got a new one. They got the Triple H mixed tag team belts. That went to Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello. Which that (sighs) match was fun, actually. Oh, yeah, the Dante Martin Sky Blue one. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was fun. a fun match. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the Triple A. I saw a really cool move there where he jumped off of uh, Dante Martin, of yeah. course. He jumped off of Ty Mello's back and gave Sammy a destroyer. Canadian it looked destroyer. really cool. So cool. Super cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, um, uh, it's the Triple A intergender mixed tag title, which, uh, <laughs> that's an interesting division. If, <laughs> if you if you abbreviate it, what is that? <laughs> yeah, right. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a title that like Johnny Mundo and Taya Valkyrie were made for, right? Like they should mm-hmm. they should be defending that belt. But. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you know, because Taya Valkyrie's back in Impact, um, they scooped an Impact woman, um, to, uh, women's wrestler. Yeah. Let me put a pronouns, pal. Uh, that they that um that is now going to be helping and coaching up with the women's division that where they're is adding. It, is it ODB? People. No, no, oh. not enough beer in the building. But um, uh, Madison Rain, Madison Rain yeah, got a little bit of that. shine uh, wrestling in a match and on Rampage with, that she won, and then she lost to um, Jay Cargill in a match. You could almost watch the match between her and Layla Gray and her and Jay Cargill, and you could almost see her on camera putting them through the motions like a training session. Yeah. It was actually kind of interesting. I wonder if they're going in a new direction with the women. I mean, I think that the criticisms have gotten loud enough that they've had to address it. Like, there was a criticism that the women's match, the women's segment on Dynamite was always in this, like, 9.30 to 9.40 spot, and fans were noticing it. Um, mm-hmm. it's I guess like, that's the buried spot ratings-wise. Yep, yep, and fans were noticing remember, it. remember, they had that thing going on that Britt Baker had turned into an angle where she had the highest-rated segment. Well, clearly, with more roster, with more big names, they've kind of fidgeted that probably because... Mm-hmm. 
they got the WrestleNomic. They got Chris Harrington working there. They know the segments people watch. Right. So they probably fit the bigger names into the most watched segments, but that bump, like you said, they bumped the women's stuff into the least watched segments. Yep. And and fans have noticed it and called them out on it. And to their credit, um, they change it up a little bit. The uh, the the tag match with uh, Thunderstorm against Britt and Jamie Hader was not in that spot on the show. It was in a different spot. Yeah, and that was actually a much better match. And Davari, Ari Davari. That was one of those matches. Like it feels like the women's matches lately, they start off almost like really sloppy to borderline bad, and then as they get going, it's like okay, all right, you know, they find that that it's almost like they're getting the jitters out. Yeah, especially with Jamie Hader. Like the longer she goes, man, she's like the women's Greg Valentine. You know, (laughs) she just needs fifteen minutes. I will say for Jay Cargill. Great heel. The only thing I worry about with Jade, and maybe she's just selling really well because you know she's you know she's being trained by the best. She's been favoring her shoulder a lot, so I wonder if I wonder if she hurt her shoulder and she's just trying to nurse it. Could be. That's just a yeah. theory. Could be. Not an Austin theory, just a theory. Um, but there was this one really cool spot involving her and Athena where they did the anything you could do, I could do better thing. And it was pretty cool. So I wonder if they can have like a really nice match if they give them like 10 to 13 minutes. I think they could. And I think Jade should probably still win. I don't think that Athena should be the one to take the title off her. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I honestly still think that two women's belts is a little too much, to be totally yeah. honest. Did you like Stokely Hathaway during that match? and Rain Match is jumping up and down the steps Dude, I love distractor. anything Stokely Hathaway does I'm going to approve of like the man can do no wrong <laughs> you know like um help me out who are the other ones that he's been trying to get after over the shows so I, Ethan Page about... yeah there's the a couple guns. others mm-hmm. he made and an attempt I think with Orange Cassidy and he was dis- dismissed like Orange Cassidy's like no um mm-hmm. There was someone else though that he went. Yeah, to. and I can't remember. I, I'm 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 losing track of who it was. Like he's just like God. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's basically boosters, trying to to take the, the entire. The boosters have filled up the bank account. Yeah, but <laughs> but uh, and then QT Marshall, he's trying to get absolute Ricky Starks, and Ricky Starks very smartly was like, ah, that's like me signing with the Wizards. I ain't <laughs> yeah. doing that shit. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, is yeah. Um, the QT Marshall stuff. These guys don't need to be on TV, right? Like, no, I don't know no. I mean. I mean, you listen. You got your promotion backstage. Just do the Brooklyn Brawler thing. Yeah, best, better, not seen. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> um, Ricky Starks match was fine. You know, fine little shine for Ricky Starks. Killed Nick Amarato in a minute. Hit him with yeah. a Hobbs spinebuster. I thought that was cool. Uh, yeah, and then high killed it out before they could. Get him down yeah, with Cooks the numbers. over Hobbs, and Hobbs gave him another spine buster. Yeah. And Hobbs is like Hobbs did this one thing where he had like a loose alliance with uh, the factory because Hobbs was like, "Look, he's your problem, not mine." And there was only one thing I didn't like, and it does involve Hobbs. Um, and this is something about the production of AEW that they do need to work on and tighten tighten the screws. So he is upset that Starks beats Camarado. He takes the monitor and shatters it. Mm. They tried to clean it up with Excalibur saying something like, oh, uh, they just put the monitor back together. We're going back to Tony Schiavone or Lexi Nair, <laughs> such and such. And there's the monitor just standing there. <laughs> like, Wow. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't catch that, to be honest. I am a – listen, I am a continuity nerd. Yeah. I'm one of those ones where if I'm watching a movie and the mouth is not moving but I see the lines, I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I just am. I'm just like – I'm that kind of obsessive-compulsive type of person. One thing I would say um, that – about that somewhat about that uh staying on rick starks that i think is really smart is if you go back to 
one of our early episodes, Aaron George uh, had messaged us and asked what makes a good babyface. And if you remember, my answer was that they have to be smart because WWE babyfaces are stupid. Um, <laughs> I love that Ricky smart, Ricky Starks. I, I actually like that he jumped in the crowd and ran away. Like some people could be like, well, he ran away like a coward. No, he's, he outsmarted him. They didn't jump him. You know, mm-hmm. WWE, he would have got jumped. Look at, I've been reading WWE results. It sounds like the, uh, what's Finn Balor's group's name? Um, um, the Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Sounds like they just beat down the Mysterios literally every week. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I think it's interesting that Ricky hey, Starks man, did not get beat Rhea Ripley, If Rhea Ripley wants to crush my head with her thighs, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I, I, it's just a small little thing where it was a perfect way for Ricky Starks to get beaten down to maybe build sympathy. I think it was smarter that he got away and outsmarted them. I think that's I think that's important in building a babyface. They can't be idiots. So, no, like I'll, I'll give you another example. I remember you were highly critical of a rampage segment that was very sloppily done with the women. Yes. <clears throat> Athena and Chris Statlander, I just ran into the ring and got beat down by the yep. the bad section because they were outnumbered. Yep. Well, they fixed that. They had Athena come out dressed like a baddie in disguise. And yep, jumped. and it was so much more effective. Yeah, correct. That's like that's an example of that. Yeah, you yeah, know? and she got the um, best now, of Jade. Yeah, the thunderstorm explode thing that mm-hmm. everyone saw that coming. Yeah, I agree. Because now they're saying they they did this kind of makeup deal where it's like, oh, Chris Antlander's out. That means Tony Storm is the number one contender <clears> for um the the <clears throat> AEW Championship. That's Do you think she should win? You think she should beat? Uh, they they wrestled at Forbidden Door, I want to say, and I think it was just okay. Yeah. I hope they. I think they could have a better version of it. I think Rosa's gonna win, but Rosa, but but Storm's gonna get Storm might turn on her, like from losing again. Okay, like that would be the straw that broke the camel. See, back. I almost think the better option would be the opposite: is that Tony wins and Thunder Rosa turns on her. Okay, because I think that Thunder Rosa as a babyface champ is a little bit dead in the water. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like I don't think fans, I don't think fans have turned on her, but I don't think they care about her as much as they did before she was a champion. And maybe just as some, like a, some wrestlers are just better at the chase. I yeah. always said that about the Rock. Yep. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Just Rock. better at the chase. You know. Yeah. And I get maybe that's the case with Rosa. You know. By the way, I don't think I mentioned it, but Jamie Hader broke her nose in that match. Yeah. So I wonder if she's going to be out for a little while. We'll see. Um, do you think it'll be Britain Thunder Rosa, like, or maybe a three way? Uh, at all out. Yeah, I think it'll just be single straight Thunder Rosa against Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think are, are they fighting on Dynamite? Which one's that? Uh, you talk about Thunder Rosa and uh, Thunder Rosa Tony and Tony Storm? Storm. They just no, they just said generally she was the number. Yeah, I think it's just going to be a one on one. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you do put Britt Baker in there because she is a big star for your biggest show. Yeah, and then Eddie and Sammy Guevara. Um, they yep. they, they announced it. Yep. I am getting the sense they're going to add that on, and it's going to be Eddie and Soho versus Mel- Ty Mello and Guevara. That's my guess. You know what I always say? Ruby Soho makes everything worse. <laughs> Grab them cakes. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> um, but no, the, the three official, official, official things that we know. Mm-hmm. Punk Moxley, yep. unification match, the trio's final. Yep. Kingston versus Guevara. On paper, that's what we have. Yep. We know there's more coming. <clears throat> Jungle Boy Christian Cage has to be coming. Yep. You know. Steve Willie texted me with his hot take is that Luchasaurus is still aligned with Christian, and that's going to be revealed. That's his uh, prediction. So we'll see if he's right. 
Um, yeah. Well, if he is right, then I think that's him under the mask. You know, that's. Oh, so it's Evil Lucha Darkacanosaurus? <laughs> evil Lucha Darkacana Willy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I still. I don't remember too much in terms of forward movement involving Christian Cage and Jungle Boy in the last two Dynamites. One yeah, involving no, a car. They kind of went with this. Him. Yeah, they kind of went yeah. with this whole like Christian Cage knows their secret, but then they they haven't really done anything with that. So I don't know what this secret is, or if it's just been dropped. I don't. I don't know. What you thought of the Chris Jericho Wheeler Yuna match? I thought it was good. Um, as good as you can be where, like, you know that the outcome is. Like, there was no chance in the world that Yuta was going to win. Um, I agree. But I thought, it was, I thought it was good given what they had to work with, you know? Like, hey, guys, we booked this match where the outcome is never going to be in question. Still try. <laughs> you know? Right, so, right. Uh, but no, I, I liked it. So do we want to move into, like, our big uh, talking point of the episode? Oh, let's hit it. All right, so I'm going to let you kind of take over with this, but I'll give the intro because uh, I said it last week, because it's, it's something we've kind of had on the back burner for a minute, and since a, uh, since All Out isn't totally flush out, I think it's a perfect time to maybe go over this theory. Um, the multiverse of wrestling, you know? Um, are you an MCU fan, Andrew? I am. I okay. do like the Marvel films myself. Have you seen every one of them? Or No, okay. I have not. I have not seen every single one. I've seen the majority, though, I for sure. I think that I've seen all the Marvel movies. I have not seen... <laughs> All of have you seen shows. Electra? <laughs> oh, are we counting that? Then I have not seen Blade Trinity. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry, Triple H. <laughs> Scott Criscolo has seen it like twenty-seven times. He's got it memorized. He's sitting <laughs> as we speak. He is reciting lines from it. It's getting harder, and this will kind of lean into like our talking points about the multiverse and the phases, because that's what Marvel does. They go yeah. phase, yeah. phase. That they they're expanding more and more. Like now, you got She Hulk. She Hulk just had a new show come out on Disney Plus. So yeah. like, there's more content. There's more stars. There's more names. There's more money being thrown around because they know that the interest is. Was, is there you know let me ask you this before we like kind of kick it off let's liken the very beginning like the origin of all of it with AEW and marvel yeah when they started it it wasn't phase one it was just marvel right you know like it was like oh i we do have a plan we're gonna have like the iron man movie uh big hit captain america the first avenger thor uh but those later ones involving those other characters that had been associated with the avengers in the comic books they did have it in mind of okay we're going to do a super team movie that will kind of encapsulate all of those sing individual movies that um get big box office but they also had the disney machine behind them because disney bought marvel in 2009 yeah um with AEW, did you feel that way where they got like um I always say this about Image Comics. Like, Image Comics was similar, too, if you're a comic book guy. that, um, And for all the people who are listening who are comic book fans, that, like, when Todd McFarlane and Eric Larson and Mark Silvestri, when they all went to – when they all went to one place – when they all left Marvel to draw their own comic books, it was kind of like, we can do this ourselves, and we have the star power. We can bring it to us. When AEW got together, did you get that sense when they got Moxley? They got Jericho. They got Kenny Omega of, like – this is going to be enough to get them over the hump. This is more than just TNA. Uh, for me, I think it was <clears throat> one when the, when All In was such a success, and two when they got a cable deal right off the bat. Like they basically Correct. had cable. They weren't on TV and built up to cable. Like they got cable without doing a show. 
for mm-hmm. me. Like that was like, okay, this is going to be legit. Tony Khan's money is is big enough to talk, you know. When they got Jericho with Hangman, when with the Bucks, because Hangman was not. Let's be real, Hangman was lesser known at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, the Bucks were well known. Omega was well known. Bucks and Kenny, big, bigger, bigger stars than Hangman by a lot. When Jericho went with it, I was like, there had been inklings that they were working together, collaborating through Japan and stuff. And so you're like thinking, okay, that makes sense. When Moxley went there, that was the that was the Captain America. Yeah. Like frozen for years, then. <laughs> out he comes and yep. he's leading the way yep. um you know everybody knows that famous shot in the avengers where they do the circular and then you see all of the all of them together i mean and, and let's I don't not forget go that far, let's not forget know? cody too in in his role there too um he was important yep yep yeah because i think cody at, at the launch and even at all in was was a bigger deal than hangman page too yeah we talked about all in very loosely so like let's like we you moved to phase two yeah, phase two, as uh, as Mayor Cantrell said. Yeah, phase um, one of Marvel ending with uh, with the Avengers taking down Loki. Uh, so maybe mm-hmm. uh, who's Loki? Yeah, I was just gonna say is that is that uh, Triple H's original NXT run? <laughs> I don't know, man. Let me, dude, we'll we'll have more ample time to discuss this in later forums, but. The black and gold is not dead. Yeah, apparently they're getting the band back together. <laughs> Dexter Loomis, who was my very last pick in our talent draft 10 years ago, was the most watched video on wrestling last Man. week. Man, what a callback. Was that Who did we do that show with? Was it Stephen Graham? I think it was Stephen Graham. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and remember he was Samuel Shaw. People don't remember this. Dexter Loomis did the stalker angle in TNA. Yeah, he was Samuel Shaw with uh, and Mr. Anderson, right? Isn't that who he was stalking back then? Mr. Anderson and Christy Hemi, who has been yeah. in the news for reasons I would rather not discuss. But um, the thing with uh, the thing with uh, that was uh, he was doing the stalker thing, which is what got him over much later in NXT. He's also very good friends with Cody Rhodes in real life. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, uh, yeah, because like when he remember in All In when he did the walk. To the ring against uh, against uh, Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. Sam Shaw was one of the guys. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. Wow, I didn't so, know that. Okay, cool. I know we're getting off track, but anyways, um, yeah, Black Bulls. I got maybe maybe Triple H is okay, or maybe you know what? Maybe it's two hundred five live. Maybe two hundred five live. <laughs> and Thanos, and Thanos when he cro- when he broke his neck. Or you know, <laughs> maybe it's Babyface Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can go figurative like that. So, yeah. like, phase two. So, like, I'll just list the movies. And for those who are the Marvel fans, which is, judging by box office receipts, America, um, the, <laughs> the, the, you'll get the gist. Iron Man 3, Thor The Dark World, yep. The Winter Soldier, which is my favorite one. Yeah, um, one. Guardians of the Galaxy is a, is a banger. Age of Ultron, the second Avengers one, eh, and then Ant-Man with Paul Rudd. So, like, this is the idea of, like, you start expanding the universe. Yep. You see Scarlet you Witch. Your, you've got your stars. Now so, let's build off of them. Yeah. Yes, and that's where the four pillars comes in. Mm-hmm. And you got MJF. You've got Hangman Page. Also, not a four pillar, but um, officially, but like super duper important. Um, like I, I did want to say this off topic. I know you're a fan of John Akiyama. Yeah. You know who trained him? Oh, you know who? Um, you know who he trained? Yeah, Takeshita. Takeshita. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with the moment I read that, I was like, "Oh, of course Jordan likes this." Guy. Well, I should have known when I'm like, "Oh, the jumping knee, duh," because that's a that's a June staple, man. Some, 
let me ask this. Can you see some guys where you're like, I really like him, and then you look at his background and you realize he's trained by all your favorite wrestlers? Oh, yeah, that's, that's so cool when that happens. I love the inspiration. It's like it's like when they have a great movie and the filmmaker's like, yeah, I took it from this, 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 this. And I'm like, yeah, I love all those movies too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, so the only thing that's kind of complicated about this is that the dynamite, the, the time between the start of Dynamite and COVID was short. Yeah. And it like I feel like we're sort of like squeezing in the phases. It could be drawn out longer than this if you really wanted to tell the long game of it cuz AEW's young in the long game. But like let's just do it this way. So like COVID happens, you got this real struggle, this death this death scroll of like we just got to get through this mm-hmm. and the four pillars have to step up because you've got a bare roster. The you do have a new TV deal with TNT starting in 2020, but you don't have the personnel, WWE is still kind of, they're also doing their own shows in Florida. So it's kind of like this weird situation where you're almost in a purgatory. Yeah, it's like you've you got big plans, but you can't quite get there yet. Correct. You know? It's like everything's in a holding pattern. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to call Phase 2 a holding pattern because they did have an event equal that made huge money. Guardians of the Galaxy was an introduction of new kind of edgier characters in the Marvel Universe that people liked not Deadpool at level which is a whole nother side of things yeah. but but like it was it, it it created interest Bucky shows up yep. you know and he and became I, I think Guardians is when you really started to see the comedy side of Marvel too so who's Peter Quill uh, of, of our pillars yes that's gotta be Jungle Boy huh a haunted by the loss of his dad a yeah. risk taker but has a heart of gold yep also, a rocking ass soundtrack. Friends, <laughs> friends with an animal, right? <laughs> Which Peter, one? Peter like Quill's friends with a rac. Peter Quill's friends yeah. with a raccoon. Jungle Boy's friends with a dinosaur. <laughs> um, Sammy Guevara, I guess, is Ant Man, a handsome swindler who uses his sneakiness to it as an advantage. All right, that works. Yeah. <laughs> um, Darby Allen, the Winter Soldier. I mean, in, in this, in this, he kind of has to be, you know. Yeah. Like, and he's and they have his Loki. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no question. Yeah, I don't think anyone's Ultron necessarily. Um, <laughs> what would be Ultron? It's coronavirus. Well, yeah, honestly, you know, like and this sounds sad, but you know who could be like Ultron is really like Brody Lee. Like he was, he was a big bad for a minute, but like yeah. ultimately in history, like and obviously for Brody Lee for different reasons, but you know yeah. the story went on to be a, a and, uh, much Josh, bigger villain down the road. And yeah. Josh Whedon is uh, Hulk Hogan. He gave us great things, but got doxxed and never heard from him again. <laughs> did you like the second one, the Ultron one? I did. Um, you know okay. what? It's one of those ones, like, I think I think it's probably the worst of the Avengers movies, but just mm-hmm. because, like, one of them has to be the worst. Do you know Let what me, I mean? I will say this, too. Sequels have diminishing returns. Yeah. Did you feel like the second punch that that aw gave in daily's place and we never talked about daily's place in in extension Mm -hmm. or extensively because we weren't doing the show at that time maybe down the road we can when we have free time like did you feel like their second punches and the big surprises pulled off in daily's place they just did the best that they could with it yeah 100 as good or did you enjoy it i mean i i think best that they could do with it is a perfect description because like like the brody lee story uh his debut i mean it's cool but it was to a silent crowd because there was like nobody there. You know, it's so weird to see like this big debut to, to nobody. Like I really struggled with watching wrestling during the COVID era uh, with no Me crowds. Too. Me too. Like I really struggled. I think everyone to... did, to be honest. Yeah. Like... And I'm not saying wrestling could not be great. Wrestling could be done then. It did happen. Oh, yeah. These, 
These, it's just like the bubble with the Lakers. You can shit on those on Lake on L- Anthony Davis and LeBron James all you want. Trust me, I'll be the first one to shit on Anthony <laughs> right. Davis. But they won the titles. Right. They won it. I right. mean, you gotta keep you gotta give them that credit. You can't just like you can't retcon it, and it's there. The thing that sucks for WWE and not to belabor the point. Almost everything from there, I just rather forget. Right. Where I think W, there's a lot of things. My favorite match ever in AEW was in Daly's place. It was the best friends versus proud and powerful. Oh yeah, the the parking lot brawl. brawl. Yeah, absolute masterclass of garbage wrestling. I just think the, the biggest, looking back and having hindsight, I think the biggest thing with with the COVID wrestling that shouldn't have happened is because it was so fresh i don't think wwe should have even had wrestlemania that year um mm-hmm. it was so I, you're talking about right after the, the, the first one that took place. i did that I, that was number 36 they yeah. just should have never done yeah exactly. i know people were like yeah but the, the graveyard match that was amazing <laughs> right. i'm like okay sure guy but <laughs> like i don't know i just i understand that they had prior like we talked about with battle of the belts like prior commitments like they sure. had to do it for international markets but like God, did you really have to do that? Right. That was the first time I really, truly, Jordan, thought in my head, Vince McMahon has to go. Yeah. He's lost. Not only has he lost the fastball, he's lost the changeup, he's lost the slider. I don't even think he has an arm anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that. So let's just like, so we get past that death spiral, and um, now phase three. Whoo! Epic. Can I just epic, say, epic. let me just say one thing, though. Darby <laughs> Allen is the Winter Soldier because his friend is the guy who's, like, super ancient, you know? <laughs> Even if Moxley is Captain you know? America, Sting is the one from the Frozen in the past, right? Yeah, uh, hey, uh, um, Malachi Black is Baron Zemo. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he's a piece of shit, but he's hard to dislike. Yeah, And he, exactly. he also is probably looks really dorky dancing in a nightclub. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> Phase three. Uh, so the, I'll just list in the movies just to kind of get through the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Civil War, pretty good. Yep. Doctor Strange, the first one, didn't care for. Guardians oh, of the Galaxy okay. 2, like, diminishing returns. Spider-Man Homecoming, we're introducing Spider-Man. Who's Spider-Man? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Oh, in AEW? Yes. Hmm. Hard, huh? Yeah. Jungle Boy's already been chosen. He's Peter Quill. I mean... It's weird because Spider Man's a the huge Black Spider-Man is yeah, a cool. huge name, but also like Spider Man is a young kid, so like you could go like Dante Martin is a Spider Man type, or mm-hmm. you could go huge name like Brian Daniels. You know Yeah, like, but it's gotta be somebody who's a so remember, Tony was Tony was linked with Spider Man. So it's gotta be somebody who sort of has yeah. that connection to the stars. Hangman? I don't know. Yeah, that could be the- so it, it's it's kind of interesting. So, so yeah, getting back on Thor Ragnarok, awesome movie. Um, Black yeah, Panther, awesome. Now we're kind of like Marvel's picking up the pace again. Yep. If you look at the chronology, Thor really Ragnarok, ramping up towards Endgame. Yeah. Black Panther, great. Infinity War, great. Yep. Ant Man two, yeah. <laughs> Captain Marvel, first female superstar led Marvel film. Endgame made a million. Made a bazillion dollars. Yep. Far from home, just to finish it off. That's yep. like the jumping bomb angels of the face. <laughs> yeah, I always make that joke because people don't remember this. There was a there was a Royal Rumble show, and the main and the big segment was a uh, contract signing between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant for the main event. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want they they didn't it didn't finish the show. 
but they didn't want to send the crowd home happy. They wanted to send the crowd home happy, so they had the jumping bomb angels in the main event of this show. <laughs> People don't remember. That. AEW tried that when I went to. We got blood and guts, and then an hour and a half later, it was Nyla Rose against Tony Storm. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what's the what's the story here? Vast improvement, yep. correction of previous mistakes, um, big epic battles big debuts holy shit i can't believe that happened cm punk yep. brian danielson yep. Yep. i mean it's simple uh, yeah oh i mean that all makes total sense and uh also i think the hangman page title win too mm-hmm. you know big big moment you know now let me ask you this who's thanos is it character watch kenny omega because he was the bell collector i think so i think i think hey man page taking out thanos you were trying to kill mcmahon now because he didn't because they didn't necessarily kill him there he killed himself <laughs> you should have went for the head you know <laughs> you know i would say tony khan listens to show i really really hope vince mcmahon does what do you think vince mcmahon does on his author do you think he listens to podcasts i don't think he knows what a podcast is <laughs> honestly vince mcmahon is is like perverted and creepy as people say he is he seems like it's who still watches like bonanza on tv you know yeah, what i mean listen like, <laughs> Uh, listen, that man, he got the two things every disgraced corporate CEO dreams of having. A golden shower and a golden parachute. <laughs> and his daughter coming on live TV getting the crowd a chant. Thank you, Vince. <laughs> Dude, hey guys, can we please cheer for the sexual predator here? Right. <laughs> You're the bad guys. Um, <laughs> so, but but back to to the 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 Marvel phase, I mean... Cody leaving is the equivalent of Tony Stark dying. Yes, I would say so. Yeah, the snap of the finger or the second one. Yeah, you know yeah. what? What was the blip? What do you think the blip was? Hmm. Was it COVID or was it maybe Brody? <laughs> the death of Brody Lee? Oh yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I hate to. You it's got to be COVID because the blip is undone. Thing. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, un- obviously, you can't undo real life, right? But exactly. and it's so unfortunate. Um, but. The, the thing is that, like, the whole idea of the blip was that, you know, it was a really terrible thing, but five years passed in the storyline, but only one but only one passed as, as a moviegoer. Yeah. So it didn't feel that long. But also, you know what? The return of CM Punk may have been just, like, the that blip. Like, yeah. like it we felt that long. It. Yeah. CM Blip. <laughs> blip was 2014 or 2000. Yeah. And that—that's Captain Marvel. Like uh, people remember that one where Captain Marvel. Well, Captain Marvel killed Thanos, I believe. Am I right? No. That's spoiler. She took down the giant ship. Uh, she came okay. flying in. And, uh, how did they I guess kill Punk Thanos? is Captain Marvel? Brian Daniels flipped him away. Yeah, Tony Stark put the glove on, and he. We he don't have a Black Panther yet because I don't think Tony Khan wants to push black wrestlers yet. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the tag champs. That's about it. He's trying. He's Powerhouse trying. Hobbs. He's trying. Yeah, Powerhouse trying. Hobbs isn't like Black Panther. He's the the guy that challenged Black Panther, uh, th- like the from the tribe, you know. <laughs> Let me say, and also and also another terrible loss in real life for Marvel. Chadwick Boseman's death. Yeah. You know that that's kind of that's similar too. You know, he got that maybe one shot. Brody, he, maybe Brody Lee is the Black Panther then. Like, yeah, like, and let me say this too about Black Panther. I kind of Forever is coming out soon. Um, that's a legitimately great movie. Period. Oh, like, yeah. Excellent. that's not like, oh, that's a great Marvel movie. I'm like, no, dude. The Black Panther is an awesome movie, period. <laughs> like, every 
performance is like knocks it out of the park. I agree. Um, just such a shame that he died. Endgame, so epic. I guess that would be, I guess that would be all out when, uh, you know, you just had that image of all of them together mm-hmm. or all of them coming together for that show, uh, including two surprises at the end. And everybody knows that famous shot in Endgame, which is all the Marvel heroes. Like, you know, I, I don't want to make it out like that because there's more there was more to come from marvel as well and it's not like all it's not like aw's roster peaked in terms of quantity at all out 21 they've added more people since yep. and now we move to phase four they've added people you, but like we said the people they've added haven't really been and there's so many there's so many properties like others, within yeah. phase four i don't even feel like bringing them up because a lot of them are like tv shows eternals a lot of them, some of them let's be honest jordan have been hit or miss did you like, see eternals I hated it. Yeah, it was. Which is a shame because the director was an Oscar-winning director. Yeah, it just seems you know? so unnecessary, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Like, Phase Four is the point where Marvel runs Hollywood. It's true. They, you know, there's Netflix, there's Apple, there's all these big properties, but Marvel is Hollywood. That is theatrical. If there's a Marvel movie coming out, everyone's gonna go see it. And AEW got to a point, I think, for wrestling fans where. If they have a big show like Grand Slam, like Forbidden Door, yep. they're gonna watch it. Yep. The also the idea of the multiverse really started to creep in for Phase Four, which is anything could happen, you know, and like the impossible pay per view where is a match, right? A door was opened, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Forbidden, Forbidden Door, door. Show. Yep. you know. Um, did you ever think? Did you ever dream in a million years that CM Punk would? Russell Daniel Garcia on national television like <laughs> like never like so it you know and this might be a throwaway and we could talk about this on um on Scott's show but just like and I thought about this Jordan um the other day like just like the amount of big wrestling stories in the last I want to say year and a half if you really look at it versus like what big stories we've had over the last Five, six, yeah. seven, eight, years. Ten years it before is, that, yeah. It is, is mind-blowing. I mean, it, if, if AEW's existence proves anything, it's that there needs to be an alternative just to make wrestling interesting. Mm-hmm. Just you like know? alternate universes. Yep. Sometimes you just have to redo it. Yep. Sometimes like it's like these Netflix characters that, that Disney scooped back up from Marvel, like Daredevil. Sometimes you just have to give it another go. Yeah, I agree. You know? You know? And uh, that's kind of where... That's kind of where we're going at. It's hard to really define what the other phases are because it's if, just like the beginning. You're say, not there yet. Can I just say, if AEW is the MCU, does that make impact like the... Uh, the, the, the no, I was going to say the Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> they filmed that movie in New Orleans. It, it is one of the most, like, there's a very famous Hollywood Reporter article about it. It, it, is, it was a disaster. It was like, it was a disaster. They should make, they need to make a movie about making the fucking movie. Like, <laughs> um, I will say this: GCW is the boys' universe. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the one where you're like, Matt Cardona as Homelander. Watching <laughs> Matt Cardona as Homelander is maybe the most spot on. <laughs> I did see the renewal of vows segment. That was hilarious between Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green. Oh that yeah, made me- another Chelsea Green wedding interrupted. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like, so this one, like, you got, like, Shang-Chi, uh, What If, Hawkeye TV show, No yeah. Way Home made a bazillion dollars with all the Spider-Mans from all the past ones, like, look at all these past, uh, 
top acts that we just see popping up in AEW. William Regal, um, like yeah. just randomness, like um, that, it, it, like AEW. Clearly, it probably has its biggest roster ever. Maybe for a later discussion, we can ask if it's the most talented roster ever. But mm-hmm. you know, I feel like this is where we're at right now. To be honest, yeah, I think so too. I mean, that going off the timeline, I think that makes sense because. Uh, we're in a spot. I mean, look at even just our shows for the past couple of weeks. It's kind of like and compared also, to last uh, year, all outs not like emails. Like you know, you start to open up. Like I made that joke about Black Panther, but now we're really doing it. Like we really have to open it up. You got black tag team champions. You've got minorities position of 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 being prominent wrestlers and such. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I I don't think that was an accident. No, I, I'm with you. I, and, I, I'm with you entirely on that. I think that, uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, and just and also the most, just more. Like I think we teased that we teased this multiverse talk on the last show about this. Like this is the this is the phase of more, yeah, more, 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 this more like, specials. There's a million things. Everything's coming. Battle of the we Belt. Have, we have these dynamites, Jordan. We watch them. We're like. I literally just forgot what I just saw. There's so many things happening. <laughs> we're getting to the point where we're getting to the point where uh, Excalibur's rundown of upcoming shows is going to be seven minutes long. <laughs> I add for that man. Yeah. Hey, the God guy's killing Excalibur. it though. He's doing awesome. Bad. Phase five. Oh, this is the one that was announced in Comic Con. So Quantumania. That's the next Ant Man. I mean, poor Ant Man. This is the Jonathan Gresham of the multiverse. It's the one that might be the one that's fine. If it wasn't a Marvel movie, <laughs> like, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy three, uh, Captain Marvel teaming up with another Captain Marvel, Blade is back, mm. Thunderbolts, villains masquerading as heroes, MJF, um, another <laughs> one, Scrolls, we got more Scrolls, we Marty? got another. <laughs> oh, that's Scroll. My bad. We got a witch show. We have another. We have a. We have a witch uh, feuding with another witch. Um, yep. And no, I'm not talking about Stephanie McMahon. Right. Um, Daredevil is uh, feuding with the Kingpin. But here's the worst part. There's an actual title for a Captain America movie starring Anthony Mackie called New World Order. New, 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 new World Order. <laughs> I really random thing where WCW had a pay per view in Germany. And they forgot the canned New World Order music where it goes, new, new, new World oh, Order. Yeah. They had the announcer do it live. <laughs> new, new, new World Order. <laughs> <laughs> like, in, like when you're walking to someone's house for Halloween. Dude, I, I know that they wouldn't, but how cool would it be if in the MCU, like if just... If Hulk Hogan showed up, yeah, it's just like if just like Kevin Nash was in that Captain America movie for like two minutes, like come on, just well, do first, it. Well, first, well, well, the first thing is Kevin Feige says you have to dye your hair, but <laughs> well, Nash was in one of the Punisher movies, so he's already got he some, was. some Marvel. He was that was that we didn't even talk about that one because that was the was that was a really zones? weird phrase where they were part. It was part of this uh, studio that's not around anymore called Artisan. Mm. Okay. And uh, Thomas Jane was the Punisher, I want to say. Yep. Uh, yep. And it, it, it actually was not a bad movie. It wasn't John Travolta <laughs> the bad guy? <laughs> John Travolta was the bad guy. Yeah. I remember Kevin Nash, kayfabe, had his head shaved by Jericho in WWE because yep. he had to shave his head for the Punisher movie. Yep, I remember that. It was like a blonde buzz cut. Yeah. Correct. Like, it was just weird. Um, like, that's the funniest thing, Kane. Like, when Kane took off his mask, oh, my God, he's hideous. I'm like, no, he just... 
he got a buzz cut. Yeah. <laughs> his hair was but, all um, this yeah. beauty. All right, so what's the likelihood of, well, what's the likelihood of Scott Hall going to AEW? The answer is zero. Uh, but what's the likelihood of Hulk Hogan or Kevin Nash ever showing up in AEW? Uh, Kevin Nash, much more likely. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't think it's a zero. Just the railing. I don't it think says. it's a 0% chance because Kevin Nash has appeared in, on GC, GCW before. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think you could see him like appear as a character, like not he'd never wrestle. I don't think he'd ever wrestle in AEW, but I could see Kevin Nash being on a show like in a segment. Now, granted, these are movies that haven't come out yet, so there are things that Kevin Feige, aka the Tony Khan slash Triple H of this, the matchmaker, he's the one who probably has these things in mind of like, ha, they think they know it all. Watch me throw a curveball at it. So something might happen in, within one of these new movies where we're like. It creates brand new interest, and it it like no one thought an Aga an Agatha Harkness movie would be popular, but WandaVision it made her popular, right. and that's how the AEW works. You gotta bring, you gotta push it forward. You gotta make like Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia. You gotta bring these guys along with you. You can't just keep them down all the time. That's what killed WCW, you know. Right aka the new world order like but the thing is too like the other thing about the new world order that didn't make it work and you know i will say this dr loomis's little segment on raw um and other things that we've seen like the mjf shoot and uh promo in in california like it all likens to the same thing of what is really fun about marvel sometimes surprises yep you know, just as like, why do you think they stick around for those sequences at the very end of the movie? Because you want to see something, and you're like, oh, crap, I didn't see that one coming. Right. And that is a Tony Khanism as well. Yeah. Surprises. And yeah. I think Triple H is dipping in that bag. Surprises. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean. And it works. It does. It does. Like, I mean. Are they harder to do now in wrestling? Yeah, absolutely. But you can still do it. They are, but at the same time, like. We just saw CM Punk come back a week ago after Dave Meltzer was like, oh, he's not going to be cleared for All Out. It might be all the way down to full gear. And then Punk's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to actually run in and do some moves. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the other thing, too, is that this phase, it looks like it's going to be a little more violent, a little darker. You know, we might see some more Deadpool and X-Men stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, how much darker can LAW get? I mean, Brody we King saw- could bleed to death, I guess. Is all I we saw Nick Gage almost, like, try to carve Chris Jericho on t- national TV with a pizza cutter. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know, like, it's a, that's hard to top, guy. But <laughs> they'll try, they'll find a way. Blood and Guts, you were there for Blood and Guts. Yes, like... <laughs> They'll, they'll they'll try something, and then there's one more that they actually announced, but it's so far down the line, but fuck it, I'll just hit it with you. Another Fantastic Four, uh, yep. a new Avengers involving Kane the Conqueror, which who's played by Jonathan Majors. Mm-hmm. He was revealed in um, the Loki, Loki, I want to say. Yeah. yeah, and then Secret Wars, which I think involves Skrulls. So it's small, not as much, but nothing but big guns. Yep. Is John Cena and Dwayne Johnson all elite? I got something bigger. Uh-oh. By this point, we we're looking down in the future. You know what's that negative one is going to have his in-ring debut. <laughs> <laughs> that blow off a of QT Marshall. That's going to main event Grand Slam 2024. <laughs> negative one is going to lead the <laughs> negative listen, one is going to lead the stable of second generation wrestlers like Brock listen, Anderson. Listen, Jordan, we've said this so many times. We are the rampest 
speculate. We are the greatest rampant speculators of all time. Oh yeah, if, that, if we were a tag team, we would be we would be called the rampant speculators. Speculator, <laughs> just like Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman and yeah. all these other and Eric Watts, the TFD, the family disappointments. <laughs> I was not my family disappointment. I don't think it was. If, but if, um, if I was, they kept it a secret pretty good. <laughs> just like they're keeping these secrets for these Marvel movies. Right. But um. The, the, the we'd rapidly speculate, but we all read, we all look at the fightful, we all dip into Patreon and the Observer News. We'd like, we even though surprises are fun, we we like to know what's going on. And one of the things that we have been told year for quite a while now is the year 2024. There's other reasons why people are dreading that year. Yeah, but <laughs> n- not going there. But also the TV deals coming up. For both. Yeah. Um, and it looks very likely, and I don't think it's worth it to get into the discussion about T, uh, Time Warner Discovery doing a lot of, like, uh, like uh, budget slashes. Uh-huh. But so right now discussing a new TV deal might not be a great idea for Tony Khan with Warner. Yeah, I would but say I think that's that, going to get a deal. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I th- it seems like a lot of the budget slashing is more they're gutting HBO Max. So I think like AEW fans can breathe a sigh of relief. You yeah. know, HBO and, Max and seems to be the slashing. one that really got crapped on. What they're slashing, people are like, oh my god, they're getting rid of HBO. No, 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 no. They're they're getting they're deleting from the library the HBO Max originals. Right. That's what they're doing. They're not cutting Game of Thrones. They just fucking put it on blast right. on Dynamite. I read an article like, about it, and it sounds like it's basically the new guy undoing the old guy's Yeah, David Zasloff yeah. is getting rid of all of that. Yeah, he's like taking yeah. the signature off and saying, I'm going to make it mine, which I think is stupid and dumb, but whatever. You know? And live programming is the thing. Netflix yeah. just tried to get Formula One. Yeah. I don't know if they were successful. I didn't read into it. Uh, Amazon is in on NFL. They're starting their uh, football season in the next couple of weeks, and they've got a yeah, Thursday night game. started TV. last week, yeah. Yeah, Al Michaels at Curb Street. And um, and uh, who's that one on Good Morning Football? Um, Kay Adams. Like they're they're that's the that's the team, and they're gonna have big ma- they're gonna have big games and um and like long story short, live programming is the thing, and and David Zasloff of all people knows this because they do live reality programming all the time that does generates big ratings like the house flipping shows and mm-hmm. the 90 day fiance and the food network shows like those are look you can shit on those things all you want people watch them and they're popular guy fieri is rich beyond belief you know yep. if guy, i think guy fieri should just buy wwe we all wish we could go to flavor country Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> deep dives and dar dives um yep. whatever they call that show but um the but the whole point of what i'm saying is just like for phase six the big gun when you have the money from the television contract which will be expe- exponentially bigger on both sides the wwe and aw and maybe even a third one maybe conrad maybe mlw maybe something i am not even thinking of right now that jeff jarrett will somehow get involved in that there will be more revenue there there will be more money bigger budgets bigger acts can we do something to top what we did before? And that's what that's going to be with AEW and WWE. You know, MJF, 2020, we've heard that one all the time because the contract's right. up. Right. Uh, yeah, Andrew, I think that's a pretty good synopsis of the MCU phases and the AEW phases. Again, it's all just rampant speculation. 
Yes, like Samoa Joe might be leaving again. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know he was at AEW. I didn't know he was still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some news came out today about uh, an AEW. You sent it to me from Fightful that uh, yeah. an AEW wrestler was contacted by WWE, and it was it was a guy who was released. I think it was confirmed that right. I think so. Yeah. And uh, they went to AEW and said, "Hey, WWE's contacted me, but I'm happy here." Uh, let's let's wildly speculate. Was it Samoa Joe? I yes. I, I want to say yes. Because I think it's, I mean, it's pretty clear who Triple H is calling up. It's his old oh, NXT Joe guys. Oh, his man. Yeah, it's when his Joe NXT rele- guys. Here's the thing. Joe was released by WWE twice. Yeah. He was released in 2021 right after WrestleMania when he was calling matches. And people forget this. Triple H immediately signed him back to NXT. Like, yeah. he literally called him the next day. So, yeah, I definitely can see that coming. I mean, that makes sense. So um, Maybe it was Tony Nese. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I think it's Eric we Redbeard. Need more, we need more Eric We need more premier athletes in WWE. <laughs> I mean, let me ask you this: um, Have you actually seen any of the other guys? What the WWE stuff? Yeah. Um, I watched the which I think I talked about in the last episode. I watched Roman versus Brock at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a second of SmackDown. Like Friday nights, like I'm just never watching TV. Um. I've watched some Raw, but I'm trying to think of what it was. I watched the Champa Bobby Lashley match, and it was good. It was really good. Okay, there's um, one. There's one thing I well, there's two things. That, and I watched the Dexter about. Loomis stuff on YouTube. Yes, and I that, that leads cool right to what I was about to say. There's two things I've noticed immediately. Uh, that's Mark. Like I know everybody's doing the Zapruder treatment. We joked about this last show about how oh, it seems like the announcers are more relaxed. Like <laughs> yeah, don't have an old man yelling at him half the time, but. That, that's not the reason why people watch more WWE. Like the the things that they're dri- that are trying to drive them back, and I think it's going to work. Surprises yep. is one number one, and the next one, banger main events. Yeah. Like give them something that people are going to talk about. Karrion Cross, what the fuck's he doing there? Right. Then Gunther and um, and formerly Walter and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura had a really good match. And on I was television. reading today, Bobby Lashley last night wrestled. AJ Styles. Yeah, and I heard that was a pretty good match, too. Apparently, they've never I wrestled mean, before, which is Jordan, stunning can, in WWE. The two guys have not believe, wrestled 30 times. Can you believe this, Jordan? Like, professional wrestling main events with finishes, like, drawing in viewers? <laughs> yeah, right. Just, Imagine that. That's foreign to me. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, hey, Andrew. Yes. You want to ask some questions? I think we're ready, yes. All right. My body is ready. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this is my favorite moment of the episode I'm, I'm interested We don't get a lot of feedback Like, I'm thankful that we have listeners We don't get a whole lot of feedback But I think that's pretty common I don't send feedback to podcasts that I listen to um, Yeah But I would be interested if people enjoy our questions It's my favorite part of the episode <laughs> You know, uh, Andrew, here's some of the questions we got uh, to ask Which of these bratty diva clicks would you rather not side at catering? Tay J? The baddie section, or Doctor Britt Baker and Jamie Hader. Oh man, um, probably the baddie section because Jay Cargill can single-handedly beat the shit out of me. Yeah, and she could also beat me at basketball, which would be even more embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine Anna J just J A S? What do you do? You want to call her J A S or no? I like it. I think it's fun. I Anna like J- her. Okay, I like Anna her J- Anna J ass. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Anna J ass um, going running around the cafeteria saying I'm gonna choke all of you out. I I think it's so goofy, but it works, man. 
I'm going to choke you out. And like within seconds, she has the person on the ground. <laughs> it's very cartoony. It's very like Gravity Falls cartoony kind right, of thing. Right, because like she fun. goes off cool. screen. She goes off screen for two seconds, and she's got him on the I, floor. I will say, emo- emotionally, Dr. Britt Baker could probably like make me feel really bad. Yeah, she would probably... And like Jamie Hader, I think could beat me up too. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. The thing, and I, I know I'm on the Jamie train. Everyone, the Hader train. The thing is, the reason why I really enjoy her in the ring, um, it's not the obvious things. She's a really good seller. A yeah, really good seller. Like Thunder Rosa gives her a dropkick, and she just falls back like she died. Yeah, like she makes everybody look better, I think and that's she's what excellent. makes Seth Rollins. I've always given him credit for that. He always makes his opponent look great. Yeah. You know, well, his opponents have no choice to sell because he's literally brutalized their face. If it's Johnson, <laughs> <laughs> I do hate that laugh. I know. Listen, maybe it's working because he's been doing the thing that gimmick for about a year plus. But God, I hate uh, dude, laugh. honestly, Seth Rollins' voice <laughs> is so like it's hard for me to ever come up with a scenario where I would enjoy him as a baby face because of his voice. Like, but anyways, <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, Claudio and Konosuke Takeshita had a great match. We talked about it already on Battle of the Belts. Uh, but here's the question. It was a one-hour program. The Battle of the Belts was just one hour. Na- this is hard. I could not think of a good answer. What's your favorite match of all time that took play- place on a program that had a one-hour time slot? Okay, I had to dig really deep I to had find an this. answer, but I don't even know if it's valid. Same for me. Okay. And I'll give you mine, and it might be the same. Okay. In 1987 on Worldwide Wrestling, Ric Flair wrestled Barry Windham. Okay, that's awesome. And it took up the majority of the show. I think it was a one-hour program. It's an it went to a time limit draw. It's Barry Windham at its finest. Mine was, and I wrote it down. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, That's William Regal. Is it Lord Stephen Regal and Fifth Finley in that parking lot brawl? (laughs) (laughs) No. Nitro. (laughs) No, it is a Nitro match though. Um, it's Ray versus Dean Dean on Nitro in 96. Right after Bash at the Beach. I will never forget that match. Was that still one hour Nitro though? That's what I couldn't remember. Or was it a two hour show by then? It was one hour. Okay, cool. At the time it was one hour. Because if not, I would, I would have probably defaulted to something from ECW TV like Ray and Psychosis. Um, Yeah, that's a good one too. I didn't even think about that. Hardcore TV was a one hour show. Yeah. NXT, I remember this one match. It was on NXT NXT. and the network too. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. There was a match between the Undisputed Era and, um, what was the name of that damn group? Mustache Mountain. Trent Seven, Tyler Bates. Yeah. It's a great, great match. It had a title change, and it's fantastic. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and a lot but of those tag titles. Beam matches. them in Flair, nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, that's, that's a good smart. answer. That's probably the most famous match too. Yeah. Um, speaking of Takeshita, though, we'll stay on him. He announced on Twitter, um, "Sad, I, I actually wept uh, that he will be leaving the United States, He's going back to Japan, competing for DDT. Uh, we'll miss." Uh, but one thing that he actually uh, fell in love with while stateside was Cinnabon. Uh, so if I could talk Tony Khan into giving Takeshita his own Cinnabon outlet to stay in the United States, would I do it? And should Takeshita hire Paul Goodman to run the store? Uh, <laughs> briefly, yes and yes. <laughs> do you watch Better Call Saul? Uh, we talked about this off the air. I've watched like the first three seasons. I know the finale by the time this episode comes out will have aired. Yes. Um, yeah, so it is timely because it is finishing yeah, up. My the Breaking Bad universe is done. My sons are both plowing through it on netflix and when they get to the end of season three 
which is where I think I finished. I'm going to jump in with them, and we're going to probably be done with it. So there's a, there, there's, a, there's a story thread uh, like that's going through that for the final season where Saul is like trodden, downtrodden, and he's working at a Cinnabon in the mall. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, for some, and uh, for those who follow on social media, Kunsuke Takeshita is very, 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 very fond of Cinnabon. <laughs> I'd have to rewatch it, but at the very beginning of Better Call Saul, I think he was working at the Cinnabon, I think. Correct. That is a flat, that is a So flash. it's kind of going back to that. Okay. Cool. Correct. And it meets its half, it meets it all the way there That's in the final cool. season. Cool, cool. Yes. And it's cool. all in black and white. Uh, where Takeshita... We we already we already discussed it. We don't have to like repeat too much, but just a AEW just needs to do what they can to get their hands on him in the future yeah. potentially. Yeah, I mean, I think that they handled him really well while here. So if anything, it just keeps that door open with DDT to send more guys over. So keep that mm-hmm. pipeline working, you know, which is awesome. But just a tremendous he's got a tremendous future. Yep, he yeah. does. Um. Next question. So we had Shark Week Dynamite with the uh, barbed wire everywhere shark cage match. Uh, we speculated on which sharks would appear. We talked about uh, Shark Jadenta. Thankfully, did not appear. <laughs> well, let me tell you that for that shark years. that shark cage did work because they couldn't even open the fucking. Right. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, the bars were eight feet apart from each other. <laughs> but Andrew, uh, it hasn't happened yet. By the time this episode comes out, it will have. Uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite's Game of Thrones House of the Dragon. Which dino- which dragons do we expect to show up? We've got a couple choices. We've got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Ilya Dragunov, Super Dragon, <laughs> Super Bruce, Lee Dragon! From- <laughs> Bruce Lee from Enter the Dragon, Puff the Magic Dragon, or Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Does Time Warner Discovery own Dragon Ball Z yet? I don't know. I really don't know. I know they're on um, Fortnite right now, actually. Fortnite and Dragon Ball Z are doing a crossover event. So. Puff the Magic Dragon is on Raw with the Street Profits, but, um... <laughs> or Riddle. <laughs> Riddle. <laughs> There's a lot of weed smoking going yeah. on Raw, man. No wonder <laughs> No wonder they've been booking so weird lately. Uh, but, um... Pete's Dragon. Oh. And the owner is Pretty Peter Avalon. Oh, okay. That's Can you imagine Pretty Pete with his own dragon? I He might not, actually get not, some not offense. That, not that kind of dragon. He might get <laughs> some offense in on a match. <laughs> uh, I, look, he's still there. He's still there. I, thought, I actually thought he was uh, his contract expired. Yeah, I guess he was, it didn't. Speaking of Takeshita, Takeshita crushed uh, Ryan Nemeth on Rampage, and he gave Pretty Peter Avalon a beating, too. You very rarely see, and that is notable because you very rarely see Pretty Pete on TV, on cable TV. Yeah. Very rarely. Um, my answer is uh, Dennis Quaid, star of Dragonheart. <laughs> oh! Oh, Sean Connery <laughs> was the voice of the dragon. Sean Connery was the voice of Dragonheart. I remember that <laughs> So movie. I think what's going to happen is Daniel Garcia is going to win, and the voice of Sean Connery will boom through the arena. You're the dragon now, dog! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we do have Dragon Lee. That's true. He will be. Dragon there. Lee is a dude. He his his he's Rouge's real life brother. So part good. of the Mexican tag team Andrade Rouge. Um, but <laughs> I'm gonna get that over somehow. <laughs> but um, Rouge and Dragon Lee, nice little duo there. They could yeah. probably tag team or wrestle each other and have a great match. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Rouge is finally 
figuring it out in AEW. I think it was a little awkward at first, but he's starting to hit his groove. Also, Penta, yes. uh, Penta needs to like work on keeping his mask on his head. Like, yeah, like, he's losing it. Yeah, it's like three matches in a row now that have ended with him getting his mask ripped off his head. <laughs> And they they threw it into the crowd. Right, they threw it into the crowd. The, the crowd started chanting, "Throw it back!" And who, the fan didn't. I wouldn't have. Would you have? If you had Penta's mask, uh, would you throw it back? It depends on what was under it. That's true. It was like super <laughs> wet and sweaty. I must. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> throw it back. Throw it back, and you throw it, and it's just so like perspired with sweat that it just drops. I mean, it's an AEW <laughs> show. It's probably covered in blood at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, next time this is what they should do Penish they should they should have like Andrade try to pull the trick again but he has a second mask under it uh, that's smart that I think it's funny clever. I actually read somebody this isn't my comment I think it's funny that Pentagon goes to great lengths to hide his face when he just wears face paint <laughs> <laughs> like he has, his face is completely painted we still don't know what you look like that's like uh that's like when I was watching that uh, have you seen that Woodstock 99 docuseries on Netflix I, I haven't watched it, but I've seen like it's basically before. like Firefest, a three-day yeah. Firefest, and they had a lot of let's just say debauchery going on mm-hmm. involving spray paint and chests. <laughs> Are you is that covered? Would you consider that quote unquote covered? I think, I would say no. Yeah, I think two things: one, the color of the spray paint, and not to like go too deep into this <laughs> thought process. <laughs> But how how much the nipple is blended in with the paint? <laughs> it's like Ali Lauder in uh, that in Varsity Blues. Yeah. That, that was that was shaving cream. That's I don't different. want your life. That's, <laughs> I don't want your mask. That's what I'd say. I got it. Oh gosh. Hey, John Moxley made mention during an interview the Blackpool Combat Club would make the Heart Dungeon look like a daycare. Uh, Rish asked if I could do an impression of Bret Hart and Stu Hart running the team. Get over here! Get over here! My apologies to Aaron George. I could just see Bret Hart just burying all of them. He's like, that that drawing is like a two out of five. Hey, you know what letter this is? No, it's a C. I can't believe you didn't know that letter. You suck. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, I I have nowhere to go with that. I mean, Moxley is in his groove on promos, man. Like yeah, you mentioned about how he's in the narrative of like I'm the real champ. I know you think I'm not, but I really am. I put in work. I love it. I can see the angst. I can see the punk and moxley needling each other in some promo that we'll probably see on the dark dynamite it's gonna get fun i can see my i can already feel as a wrestling fan i can already see myself getting wound up to when we get to september or late august of like i can't wait to watch that yeah i agree so Uh, best guess what the interim thing worked i'm sorry you cut out for a second i was coughing over you it's okay the interim tag angle worked oh yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and moxley carried it you know um excalibur noted that the match between the acclaimed and the gun club was the first ever dumpster match in AEW history uh what gimmick match? actually let me ask this one i like this one better. what <laughs> would you rather have done to you andrew would you rather be in a dumpster that slips upside down or a porta potty that's flipped upside down which uh steve austin did to gold dust in raw back in this is controversial 
this is controversial. The porta potty. Oh, really? Okay. Because listen, it's plastic. Like, first of all, there's a really good chance that when it tips over, it falls apart. And you can get out. <laughs> yeah. And you're also on and you're also on the ground upside down. You don't really uh, the the fall from the top of a porta potty to the bottom is not that bad. Now, depending on what happened to the porta potty before that. Whew. Yeah, I don't Porta know. potty exactly. at the line for a wrestling con. <laughs> That's one where if if you asked me this question, I was at Woodstock '99. I would definitely take the dumpster. But yeah. there, I did want to mention this. Um, they had that dumpster match, really awesome spot where Max Caster jumped off the entrance to um, give a mic check, um, mic drop, elbow through a table to yeah. one of the unclub guys. There's one part that scared me. They did the New Age Outlaws, Cactus, and Terry Funk push him off. If you watch clearly, you can see one of the gun club's boots, and that scared the shit out oh, of I me. Oh, I thought you were going to say the part where they started pushing it, and it kind of veered the wrong direction. It almost went the wrong way and, yeah. like, broke the spotlight. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but no, if you look closely, his boot is exposed. And I was like, oh, my God, please don't tell me this man got hurt. Mm. You know, like, that's one where I'm like, you couldn't have, like, I, listen, it's a dumpster. But you couldn't have trapped him or something. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's one where let, we can suspend disbelief and not actually have him in a dumpster being thrown off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can stay on Max Caster for our next question, though, because uh, yeah. if you had star ratings for, like, comeback lines or disses throughout wrestling history, uh, Max Caster's rap slam on Vince McMahon, does that get five stars? And what other moments would you give five stars to? Mm. I have one. Uh, actually, two, both from the same guy. I have one. Four and a half. I don't think it was five. I uh, the one that Max did. He said the name. It was a good slam. Anthony Bowen's face looked like he just uh, talked about January six. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll give you mine. Like, there's a lot of great put downs. I mean, yeah. some from like unlikely sources, like in interviews where they're like, "Oh man, that was hot fire." But I'll give you one specifically when CM Punk was face to face with uh, Triple H when he was doing the. Like, I, I'm the COO thing. And he said, Did, can you book that match for me, or do you need your wife's permission? He flapped his tie in his face. That yeah. was amazing. That was great. Um, the two that mind for me, one is more of a cheap heel heat. One's directed at a person, but they're both of all the rock. And I'll just say the line. I'll be sure to come back when the Lakers beat the Kings in May. Like that's I don't, at this point, the Lakers aren't might not even be beating the Kings anymore. <laughs> right. uh, but the other one that I just always loved was uh, as a diss was when The Rock sang uh, "Wonderful Tonight" by Eric Clapton to Vicky Guerrero. And They've actually taken that off of the off of the service. I can't believe it's because so it, because they they took it down as fetch as woman shaming. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I don't care. It's still funny it's as shit, though. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah. So, uh, let's see what else do we got here. We already asked the question about Stokely. Um, <clears throat> here's one. We'll we'll do two more. We'll get out of here for the night. Okay. Uh, if Madison Rain signing was a package deal, and her husband Josh Matthews, your big your favorite, uh, <gasps> starts calling AEW matches, would you consider not watching AEW anymore, and would we have to cancel the podcast? <laughs> Actually, okay. let's let's reframe that question. Who is the deal breaker for you as an AEW fan? Like Paul the, White it, in the main event. Okay. <laughs> okay. Paul White in the main event. That's that's where I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> that that's where I'm just like I don't know if I can go with this. You know, um, 
Or Kane. Yeah, Kane would be pretty bad. Unless Kane gets beat to piss by Lucha Canosaurus. That would... <laughs> might do. Um, Josh Matthews it might be the worst lead wrestling announcer ever. He oh, did impact so bad, years. Dude. He is married to Madison Rain. I think they really have a kid together. God bless them. I hope they're happy together. <laughs> me and Josh Matthews are not happy together. <laughs> this man, me and my uh, wrestling soulmate, Ryan, we just laugh at this. You remember when Allie was doing the angle where she uh, was like a um, a disciple of Sue Young and uh, she was feuding with um, her um, her BFF? Uh, God damn, Rosemary. Mm-hmm. Um, she was doing this thing where she was like, she like, like she was like a zombie. And he always, dude, Ryan, my friend Ryan, he always makes this, like, hilarious, elaborate joke about it where he's, like, Josh Matthews, like, delivers the line. Like, people can make fun of Michael Cole being over-exuberant and overselling all they want. At least he's trying to sell it. At least he's trying to pitch sure. it to you. Sure, Josh Matthews is the opposite. Josh Matthews pit sells none of it. So she's, like, calling, like, she's doing her entrance and she's like a zombie. And Josh Matthews goes, she is without a soul. She is soulless. <laughs> just like me <laughs> horrible um if he if he did rampage i probably wouldn't watch it yeah i mean i get it like i think a really 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 bad announcer is worse than a really bad wrestler because the wrestler is in one match and the announcer is there the whole time mm-hmm. um, what would you rather a bad announcer or a bad figurehead commissioner slash like mc type like, like, oh, who's that guy? Herb Abrams. Like, uh, Herb Abrams, who's like, or Jim Cornette and Smoky Mountain. Yeah, or like Mike Adamley. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> um, I think I'd rather have a commissioner type because, just again, because the announcer can really take away from a show. Uh, it's true. Yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to piss on an hard to overcome. Bad announcer can really, really subpar announcing. You. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Last question of the night, and then we'll be done. And I think this one's a funny one. Uh, Andrew, does it ever bother you or I when the mystery man graphic for an upcoming match is not proportionally similar to the actual mystery opponent? <laughs> <laughs> like, like if if they have the mystery man, it's just always the generic like thin outline, but like Keith Lee. <laughs> we need an outline. That's what they should do. That's what they should do. They should have the they should have the outline, but then they blow it up, yeah. and you're like. That's the real mystery of the like, Here's the mystery man. Do you remember connection? Yeah. Three? Yeah. <laughs> another Trump. Uh, but <laughs> another one who outed himself. But, yeah, who famously um, tweeted how COVID wasn't real and then one day later said, I have to announce my son has COVID. <laughs> <laughs> There's a love connection. But um, <laughs> they, they would do the thing where they use either. I think you saw their back or their shadow. I can't it remember. Was the, it was a shadow, I think. A shadow. Well, guy, if he's 300 pounds, I know who the fuck it is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like the dating game. Like, that's what they should do. Like, listen, if the Young Bucks mystery opponent had very curly hair and he's pointing his finger one way, I don't think it's Cactus Jack. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's Kenny Omega. Right. You know, but you know what, man? We haven't seen him in nine months. I really am curious what he's going to look like. Yeah, you know, like hair wise, even hair color, because he's been blonde, and by the time he left, he was almost had black hair almost. Also, um, not not to scare the marks, the fucking marks, <laughs> but um, his contract's up next year. Mm. They confirmed that one. Okay, interesting. So, but they can add injury time, so we'll see. I almost think he's the type who, if he didn't 
re-sign, he would retire because he's he's done it all. He's done it all, and he's he seems he like has. a type who legitimately has done it all. Yeah, he seems like one of the the rare types who we're going to WWE is not like a bucket list check. Yeah, remember AEW when I said nobody knew who was on the cover of the video game? Kenny Omega did. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so. You know, but um. Yeah, I, it does. It, I don't know. It's just a nick. It's just a nitpick. It's just one of those things where I'm like, maybe they could have been more creative with it. Yeah. Or like maybe had a question mark. Right. Yeah. You know? Like or, I don't know. I agree. So, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, Andrew, we can uh, close it out. Uh, another one in the books. Our next episode is episode 26, and since we do this every two weeks, that's 52 weeks. Andrew, one year, we did it, man. I know. So. Our- are we still in phase one of the AEW podcast? Uh, I don't know what phase we're in with the AEW podcast. I feel like we're at the part where I will say this: if if main event goes down for episode two hundred, just to hype it, it the way for uh, you know synergy, pal. Yeah. That <laughs> if if it goes down the way, that's definitely the Avengers portion. So we would be going into phase two. Yeah. You know, so at this point, this is this is where we're gonna need like. Uh, this is where we're going to have to have bad sequels uh, that have to bounce back and make up Curry favor for later. So we're going to have to have a year where we're not as good, yeah. and then the third year we kick it back. Hey, into listen, high. I can mail I'll, it I'll in with the, I can mail it in with the best of them. Pal. Look, we got a George, we got a guaranteed contract, man, with North South. That's I it. mean, I know that Scott didn't. I know Scott gave us per diem, but like once Justin called with the guarantees, I mean, <laughs> you, can't, yeah. you, you, you can't say no, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> But Chad you know, Campbell promised to give me an extra half star rating on every match that I liked too. So yeah, yeah. Well, remember as Boris Johnson says, Christian is a pussy. <laughs> Did you see that shirt that Jungle Boy was wearing? Yeah. I was like, wow, you would definitely not wear that at uh at the mega church. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna wear it to church on Sunday. I'm like, no, let me explain, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Change my mind. <laughs> wow, you guys aren't. You're not at all. <laughs> What's a worser shirt? No, like, what would you not wear in public? That one or the one that the Miz has right now going on? My balls are massive. Um, no, the worst one of all time is the APA always pounding ass. <laughs> always pounding ass. <laughs> oh man. Well, as, as old Boris Johnson would say, my balls are massive. I'm always pounding ass. <laughs> talking about people who didn't believe in covid yeah andrew <laughs> we'll be back in a couple of weeks but uh you and i will be talking in a couple nights with mm-hmm. our buddy scott our buddy yeah Steve. and we're and we're gonna sneakily talk about aw for two more hours yeah we are, <laughs> we are getting back together for episode 200 yes of, that's uh, the, it's the silver black episode so that means that main event will be canceled a year later <laughs> do, you think, do you think that uh Scott is going to bring back that one comic book guy that got into the fight with Will. Hey, guy, if I did have spray paint, this is my one nitpick about the NWO. If I had spray paint, I definitely was going to use silver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Silver's so way when they So when they did that version, I'm like, this is a stupid offshoot version of it. But silver spray paint is fucking cool. <laughs> I agree. Like, if you have black pants and you spray paint NWO, you can't fucking see it. Right. <laughs> like, silver you can't miss agreed so we'll be back in a couple weeks with our all out preview where we'll go down the card give our predictions and uh, tell you why you should be excited but until then uh, take a listen head on over to Place to Be Nation's uh, podcast feed 
listen to us on episode 200 and check out all the other great stuff on your stuff. Andrew, as always, yep. it's been a great night. Or later, man. Later. You are